0: Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this is the finale. This is the main cast for the last episode of Breaking Bad. I'm super sad that this show is going away. It's my favorite show. Yeah, I'm... When I
1: subsequently rewatched the episode, I was surprised at how bummed I was. Because I, I guess... Being at the finale party that we threw um kind of artificially buoyed my spirits uh, <laughs> or yeah. dis- or distracted me but in the comfort of my home and I was watching like Walt you know amongst his equipment and falling dead and I'm realizing that that's it that's the end of this character that's the end of Jesse I'm not gonna know any anymore there's not gonna be any more of this I was really really bummed out yeah. and You know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, but the critical reaction has been, um, I want to say it's been, everyone's been disappointed in it, but there's been a lot of kind of, you know, I thought it would be something different, or I thought it'd do this, or I thought it'd do that. (laughs) And they kind of, they sounded a lot like me in the Granite State, and I just think it was interesting, and I wonder how much of that is just the collective disappointment coloring you know,
0: yeah, the disappointment of the show being over. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. You've got the disappointment. You always
1: have. Human beings are always slightly disappointed when things don't happen the way they kind of expected it to. Broadly, that's mm. one bias. But also, you add that to just a general being bummed out that this is going to be off the air, and I, 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 just, I just thought it was interesting um, that the the opinion of it seems like the Joe Schmo. And we're closer to that spectrum than we are to the professional <laughs> reviewers. Definitely. The opinion of Joe Schmo seems to be almost universal acclaim that this was what they wanted to see in the finale. Um, the it seems that a consensus amongst the professional critics I wrote, read, Reed and Pawny Wozniak and Feinberg and, and Greenwald
0: is that they're dis- somewhat disappointed. So that's weird. See, I. I don't know if I'm just watching this for fun at this point or what, but I didn't have any real expectations going into this episode. It wasn't like I expect Jesse to live and I expect Walt to die and I expect all these things to happen. I was just like, I want to see how they end the story. I'm curious Mm -hmm. more than I am expecting, you know? Right. Yeah. So for for me, just enjoying what the writers were uh, doing with this character and the story felt more natural. Right. Right than try to predict and say, I want this to happen. Because, you know, like like Vince Gillian has said, he's not going to please everybody. And if you have the wrong idea and you guess wrong about the ending, then you're going to be disappointed. What what sense does that make, right? Just, just enjoy what he's putting out there. And if, if you can come up with real reasons why you don't like this episode, other than it was just different from what I expected, sure, I'll listen to those. Well, I think most of them. I mean, like I said, I, I
1: respect the heck out of most of the people I mentioned there, and they all gave cogent reasons of why they didn't like it or why they were surprised it went this way or whatever. It's uh-huh. just that you know it's weird that I was in a situation in, in the Granite State where I was disappointed, and I think I figured it out mostly because it, it was just it 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 told me about or wrongly, as it turned out, it it, it told me how the finale was going to go that there wasn't going to be any kind of redemptive arc, that it was kind of going to be suffocating, almost oppressive badness (laughs) uh, that is going on in the characters' lives. And it turns out that the finale is almost like a return to Breaking Bad form, where for one last time, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, you hear a lot of people that have uh, cancer patients or elderly parents or whatever, and they're slowly slipping away. But then they have that last good day where they've you know suddenly they're alert and they can talk to hmm. people. I feel like Walter White had that at the end. Yeah, he had his his old luck was in place, his old scheming was in place. Everything played out perfectly, and I'm kind of fine with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I am too. I I ha- certainly have some very minor complaints with the end, yeah. but I don't think that they detract overall from the series or even the finale itself. So
1: indeed, I think I feel like that. They struck the emotional tone that I wanted to see as a fan. Gotcha. It might not have been, like, it might have been artier if they had continued this inky blackness. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Emily, I think her name's Nasmum, she said that she would have rathered the ending be Walt dying in that frozen car, and the rest of the episode, if, if she said, if the rest of the episode had been kind of like his near death experience. Oh, God, that would have been terrible. Right? What am I watching? Fucking Lost again? Right, but that's... <laughs> I think sometimes critics somewhat lose their mind in that they're experienced junkies, and the last thing they want to see is something kind of unfold mechanically. And this... Yeah. That's the <laughs> that that is used.
0: definitely what happened here. Mechanical okay. all the way to the end. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about it. We have some stuff we want to talk about, some events and things to announce up front, so... Why don't you get it, Get to that? Uh, last remar-
1: Well, not the last reminder, because we're doing a uh, Breaking Bad retrospective cast next week. Um, finale, really the whole show, if you, if, if you want, whatever your thoughts are. Um, but uh, we do have the Walker Stalker Con coming up in Atlanta, Georgia, November 1st through 3rd. We are invited to, to participate on that. I think our panel is at noon on Saturday. We're also going to be doing a meet and greet on Friday with a couple other podcasters that uh, we're friendly with. And then... Probably another uh, bald move-only meet-up on set- Saturday. But uh, that sounds like a good time, check it out. walkerstalkercon.com uh, We also, similar to what we did with Breaking Bad, we're doing a Walking Dead, Watching Dead Kickstarter uh, to roll out some of the same improvements we did to Breaking Good, specifically instant casts, and uh, we're... Uh, including the skits, and we're actually wanting to do animated version of the skits, and we're wanting to bring back my old survival <laughs> guides. Uh, yeah, I'm super it, excited for those animated skits, man. We, and if you want a sample, uh, if you do nothing else, um, at least check out our project page because Jim did, and I don't. You got to understand how much self-loathing I have for the stuff that we we put out. Uh, Jim produced a video that had me laughing out loud three or four times in the space of as many minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I wrote the piece and I did the voice acting and I still busted a gut when I finally saw him put the way he put it all together. So it's kind of a preview of s- some of the things will come down the pike if we hit some of our higher reward levels. Uh, but check it out. It's at TWD com. All
0: right. Any other announcements or is that it? I think we're ready to get the show on the road. All right. Well, then, for the last time, let's get into the recap. Yep. Uh, we start off with Walt uh, kind of rummaging around this Volvo, which we find out he's stealing. Uh, this is the Volvo that we see in the flash forward at the beginning of this half of the season. Uh, and we find out that that is not his car. It is just a stolen car. Uh, the cop's... Almost catch him here, but they leave when they don't see anybody in the car and he finds the keys in the visor and he drives away yeah what what it, so a couple things I noted
1: off of uh, Reddit is when he pulls the visor down the key fob that's on the
0: keychain mm-hmm.
1: is actually a, a narcotics anonymous key cha- <laughs> keychain
0: interesting okay
1: and it's it says I, I believe it says just for today that's you know, kind of like their motto. Um, mm-hmm. So, also, I also thought that that because because Walt is kind of praying here, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, just please let me get through here. And did you think that that keychain is a slide nod not only to NA but also to like that's God's response? You're going to get you're going to get my help for just one more day. So <laughs> yeah, make it be. count. Yep. Um, that's all I needed. Because that's all I needed to settle
0: all family business. Absolutely. Uh, I really liked how he bangs on this window. And only Heisenberg bangs on this window to clear the snow off, right? Walter White doesn't do that. He gets out with the snow, uh, the the scraper, and he's out there working on it. No, Heisenberg just bangs the window. Boom, it comes down. <laughs> yeah, that's some good timing on the
1: snow because if it had done that when he slammed the door shut, uh, the cop would have found him. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, he And definitely- apparently it, it had just snowed because that snow was not stuck yet. Yeah, yeah. So no ice there, just snow. And that's the other
1: thing. Um, you know, I feel like that this was kind of the Ligan's nod that the return of Walter White's luck, you know, at yes. least for this day, because uh, he pulled the Terminator routine where uh, before he tried to hot wire the car, he checked the visor, the keys were there, the snow performed the perfect protective barrier for, until the cops left. I mean, yep. and he gets lost throughout
0: this episode, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean that's, the, that's the thing, though. Walt, even at his most cunning, has had a healthy
0: dose of luck. And Jesse says <laughs> says to Hank, you're not exactly. as smart as him and you're not as lucky as him. Exactly. So, uh, so then Walt pulls into a gas station after what has apparently quite a while because now he's in New Mexico. Oh, oh uh, we also forgot that that was the uh, Marty Robbins tape played
1: uh, for the uh, El Paso song. That's and, right. And... The point that it was at was just perfect. Uh, I saddled up in a way to go riding alone in the dark. Maybe tomorrow a bullet will find me, but tonight nothing's worse than a pain in my heart <laughs> let's 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 yeah. as we pass them let's admire these nice, breaking bad touches one last time because man
0: they na- they make the most of their obscure pop culture references absolutely absolutely and uh Jonathan in our instant cast actually kind of explained the lyrics a little bit there um, and we have a, a listener who. Called in this time, but he just kind of went over the same stuff that Jonathan did. So I, I cut okay. his email short, and I'm just going to give him credit for it when we get there. And um, also, shout- talk
1: about it. while I'm doing a shout out to Amanda Gates because she was the first person, I think way back in her second episode of the season, that called <laughs> the Felina reference correctly. Um, it's been a while, yeah. That is your obscure country western ballad knowledge served you well there, Amanda.
0: For sure. Uh, so this is where Walt pulls into the gas station, and he pick. Um, this is after picking up his M60 because he's got it in the trunk along with his money, and he makes a phone call. Whoa, for, really? Hmm? I, the M60 was in the trunk at this. I thought it was just f- still full of cash. I thought it was still in the trunk. No, nah, I thought no, it was in the he, trunk. He switches, he switches cars. Remember, he's still in his Volvo in the scene. Oh, that's right. He gets in that big jalopy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. So he's got the money in the trunk anyway, uh, and yeah, he goes up again. It, uh, he makes he a phone call Gretchen, no. makes a phone call uh and he's pretending to be David Lynn from the New York Times and uh he asks for Gretchen Elliot's new address because they've moved and he leaves his watch on the payphone what did you make of the watch on the payphone well according to Vince uh they did that purely for
1: um what do you call that Con- continuity purposes? Because they realized that in the um, prequel scene that they had, or not the prequel, the flash forward yeah. uh, scenes that he was not wearing a watch and that they had him wearing a watch leading up to that point. So they decided to make a point of him setting it down. I think knowing that we can still draw some interesting conclusions that like I mentioned on in instant cast, this was a gift from Jesse this could be seen as you know him putting aside a sentimentality for him. Uh, there's been a lot of ticking time motifs. This could be the sign that the time is now up. This is you know we've run out of we've run out of Breaking Bad. We've run out of time. Uh, did I miss any? Did you have any
0: others? No, no, no. I just think this is you know Walt saying, okay, I, I'm out of time here. I'm like my time is up because I'm about to go do something that I can't take back. You know, right? And when once he goes to the uncles, he's done. I found
1: that there wasn't a lot of really deep analysis of this episode. Number one, probably because it's very straightforward. Number two, I feel like just people shut their brains off. It's like there's there's nothing left to kind of
0: divine or to see about the future. So just enjoy it for what it is. Well, there's that and the fact that nobody got screeners of this, right? They haven't had four weeks to think about the episode. Yeah, but
1: you know, I never got a lot of what well, I'm talking about. One of the deep insights are like the really obscure references and the foreshadowing. I didn't often get those from the pros. It's mostly from the people on Reddit uh, um, yeah. and you know our message boards and stuff. The people to you know watch it tons of times and pay attention to all the theories and speculation because they all kind of mm-hmm. they all kind of build on
0: each other. Yeah, and when you get that many people, uh, you start to notice things that no one else would notice. And you get the collective knowledge. You get the emergent consciousness of the entire community (laughs) working on the problem. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So there's this close-up on his license plate, which obviously is from New Hampshire, and it says live free or die across the top. And I think that's uh, pretty apt considering he's about to do both. Uh, He's going to set his Heisenberg free and go die. Uh, So that was kind of cool. And then yeah, I, I, I will go ahead. Also, I just want to say again, one last
1: time, admire the cinematography for Breaking Bad, because this is a meat and potatoes scene him pulling into this gas station. But they framed it beautiful with like 90 percent of the frame taken up of the big blue. I'm assuming they're in New Mexico at this point. New Mexican sky, the fluffy white clouds, the rich browns and golds of the of the ground. It's
0: just a lovely show to just purely look at. Absolutely. And even they somehow managed to make a payphone scene visually interesting. Like shooting over the top of it and having just his eyes up there and I just yeah, yeah. Incredible cinematography in this show. Indeed. Uh so I, I really enjoyed watching Walt do some social engineering. You don't often see this, especially in kind of mainstream shows, where somebody actually uses real social engineering techniques to get information out of somebody,
1: you know? Yeah. And those are often the most effective ones. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, after this, you kind of wonder if Walt could have just talked his way into the evidence room and fuck all that magnet (laughs) fish. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, Anyway, so we... My brother-in-law, Hank, he's the ASAC at the DEA, and he doesn't have time, but he sent me over here to retrieve his laptop. (laughs) It's for an important case. Oh, sure, I know, Hank. We're going... Come on in, yeah.
0: People are so easy to fuck over and fool. That's true. That's true. Uh, so we go over to Gretchen and Elliot who are arriving home. Uh, where Walt's waiting for them in a in a very uh, what should be a conspicuous spot, but I didn't even notice it until halfway through the shot where we see Walt uh, until he moved. I didn't see him. Yep, which here. I thought was really same cool. Here. So he goes inside and he wanders around a little bit. He's looking at their pictures uh, while they're just chatting away and unpacking and making dinner and stuff, and then. Uh, Gretchen finally spots him and screams, and Ellie comes running in. He gives them $9 million, and he tells them to donate it to Walter Jr. on his 18th birthday. And then he threatens them with two of uh, what he calls the best assassins west of the Mississippi, which is a little mm-hmm. suspect. A little suspect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I did not think that we would see Gretchen Elliot this week. I honestly thought that they were completely done. I mean, we don't learn a whole lot about their story here. um, But I guess there's a reason why they're back. Um, Vince Gilligan in the Insider Podcast was very clear about, like, his meeting with uh, one of the kids who had cancer uh, when he was going around to hospitals meeting with people. And he asked, like, I would like to know more about Elliot and Gretchen's backstory. You know, I'd like to see them again. And so Gilligan brought him back in the last episode here made them part of the, the end of Walter yeah. Uh, White.
1: Yeah, and again, I felt that that was very appropriate, that, uh, again, we, got to it, we get the impression that they did a little bit of screwing uh, over of Walt, um, that they took a, a, more than a little bit of credit for his ideas, and they got rich off of some of the work that he wasn't able to profit from. Uh, knowing what we know about Walter, he's probably more than a little to blame for all that, but... Um, I thought it was a fitting end that, uh, you know, he scared them, but there wasn't any real teeth to the threat. There's no no way that these people are going to be killed or murdered uh, by Skinny <laughs> Pete, Pete and Badger. Um, so he, 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 he menaced them and got his revenge, but ultimately used it for, uh, you know, a good purpose, which is trying to leave a little bit of money to his... Uh, Wife and children. A little bit Um, of money. Good Lord. $9 million. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, how, I kind of wondered, how are they going to launder that money?
2: You know, it's like,
1: I'm sure filthy rich people have ways at their disposal to do so, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's like maybe the police wouldn't question it, but their accountant sure as hell will, and the IRS will be like, "Where the hell did this ten million dollars come from?" and etc. 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 So, it, it would be it would be interesting to see how they do that. Also, uh, the ears on Elliot—I <laughs> <laughs> did not notice this, but the man's head is in the shape of a football, essentially laying hor- horizontally. Yeah. It's great yeah. Cra- like if you draw if you drew it if you drawled if you drawled if you drawled a caricature of any of the Brit, uh, members of the British Royal Family, uh you'd pretty much
0: arrive at uh Elliot, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean oof, yeah, his ears. I mean the only other character in television history I can think of with ears like that is Shane from The Walking Dead, and even those <laughs> I don't know. Those were mostly lobe. This is mostly yeah. all ear. That was all meaty lobe. This is all, <laughs> you know, pointy ear. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, so it was impressive. I was actually watching this scene when they had the laser pointer on them, And I was thinking, why are those laser pointers drifting so much? Cuz they were like shining in the camera and like moving around on Elliot and it all made sense in the See, next no- scene. Nobody will
1: believe me. And but and I
0: don't give a shit. But I had
1: a, a – as soon as I saw two laser pointers, I had a suspicion it was going to be Skinny Pete and Badger. No, come yeah. on. No, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Wow. You if are, I wasn't uh... trying not to type during the episode, I was trying to keep it from – you know because it's inc- it was super dark in the room and our, our laptop screens were like beacons. <laughs> uh, I was trying not to, to, to do it, get on Facebook during this episode. I would have said, I, is, is, could that be Skinny Pete and Badger? It's just who else could it be?
0: There was two of them. They were and, really bad aim, apparently. Yeah,
1: like how many phone call? How many people can Walter really can re- can can really call and and on such short notice and rely on that they do what he told him to do? So yeah. again, I know no one will believe me. I don't really give a shit, but <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right, so there's another really what I think is really important point in this scene where Walt shows them the money and he tells them what to do with it and he says if there are lawyer fees if there are taxes you use this money never your own money and this this lines up with what he's always thought about this money like i'm going to give it to my family they're going to know that it's from me and of course it's not a possibility now he's got to have them donate it but at least he can have have it go to them on his own terms and and using the money that he earned himself you know well, and that's it, also is a callback to when
1: they offered it to take care of his problems with money, and he reacted so strongly to that. He's basically yeah, kind of reiterating the fuck you um, <laughs> in this entire scene. Sure. And even, you know, it's like he completely emasculated Elliot with the very Mike, the man trout. Uh, Elliot, if we're going to go that way, you're going to need a bigger knife. Oh, that sounded exactly like Mike. Is exactly a Mike uh, callback, I thought, and in, a, in a further evidence of Walt taking on the characteristics of the people he kills. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: so then, as we know, Walt goes outside, and he, he drives off and stops to pick up the assassins, who turn out to be Badger and Skinny Pete. Uh, he asked them, who's selling the blue meth? Because he found out that that was back on the streets, and they actually thought it was him because of how good the quality was, how pure it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, which at this point, that's when Walt realizes, oh, Jesse must still be out there cooking it because of how good it is. He's the only other guy. He's the second best, best meth cook uh, in the country. I think his exact words were,
1: Jesse.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I have just trying to put some reason behind why he knew that, you know? No, in, in doubt, and I thought it was funny that
1: you know what Badger and Skitty Pete were like. They just thought it's like, yeah, passing the torch, right? You know. Yeah. And also, they heard that Jesse moved to Alaska. Who the fuck did they hear that from? I have the, no idea. Was Saul just calling up an engaging and engaging in idle gossip <laughs>
0: from Nebraska? Because yeah. pretty
1: much, yeah. him and Huel and Jesse knew his plan to move to Alaska.
0: Yeah, Saul had plenty of burners, right? He'll just call him up and be like, "Yeah, Jesse moved to Alaska, toss it out the window." Just one, let you
1: know his forwarding address is, you know, yeah, right, bumfuck Egypt in
0: in uh, Alaska. Uh so another weird thing about this scene: what does Walt ask for the laser pointers back? Is that so we can draw attention in the back seat and see Badger and Skinny Pete, or what?
1: Because he, he takes I the pointers think that, yeah, back. Yeah, it was him. just a. Uh, it's it's number one is just Walt, right? Why would uh-huh. he give him the laser pointers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but why not? He of doesn't cash. trust
1: him. Not the. He probably doesn't trust them not to blind themselves with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right,
1: you know what I mean? Or to sure. annoy people at movie theaters with.
0: All right. Uh, so then we move on to. Oh wait, Jesse. before you do before you yeah. do, uh
1: this this I, I like that they pretty much gave the breaking bad mission statement. Uh you know, Skinny P's like, you know, I don't know how to feel about this whole thing, yo, morality wise. It felt kind of shady. And Walt gives him a fat stack of cash, like, how do you feel now? Oh better, much
0: better. Yeah. That's yeah. breaking bad in a nutshell. Absolutely. Stopped working on Jesse a while ago, but Badger and Skinny P they're still in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, So then we go over to Jesse, who uh, has apparently, you know, gotten out of his situation. He's not cooking for the Nazis. He's making wooden boxes in a wood shop. Oh, no, he's not. He's just dreaming, uh, daydreaming, probably. And he's actually cooking meth for the Nazis. This was rough. This was a rough scene to watch because he looks rough, man. He looks terrible. Yeah, and... You know, I've been thinking a lot
1: about this scene. I talked it over with a number of people. Um, my buddy Will at work mentioned that he thought it was kind of like a Pandora's box reference. Um, <laughs> okay. That, you know, the story of Pandora's box is uh, this woman, because it's always a fucking wom- woman, those, those damn women, uh, open up the box that had uh, all the bad things in it. Yep. And before she's it led all disease and famine and pestilence and sexually transmitted disease and all that stuff out into the world. And she slammed it shut and there was only one thing left in it, hope. Um, I think that's a pretty solid take. Mm-hmm. I also think. So Skinny P had said that the blue is better than ever. Yes, this is a good point right here. That I think that he decided to just you know, apply himself to the job that he was forced to do and take
0: satisfaction out of it being well done. Have you been listening to the voicemails, Aaron? No. Did someone (laughs) else have that take? (laughs) Yeah, Sam from London has that exact take. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and play it right now.
3: Hey, Jim. Hey, Aaron. Sam from London here. First, I just wanted to apologize to Jim for getting your name wrong last time I called. Very sorry about that. So, I, I particularly wanted to talk about the scene where Jesse is making the box because he talks about this in season three, episode nine, at the support group. The, uh, the group leader, or Wayne Duffy, asks him to share a story of how, and he, uh, as he's talking, he mentions about how in high school he was making a wooden box um, in one of his classes, and his teacher, Mr. Pike, uh was pretty much asking him was he fully applying himself uh shadowing Mr Wise, I suppose in that sense um and he really thought about it and he thought, yeah, he could do better. And you know, he goes on to explain that he continually remade boxes and by the time he reached the fifth one towards the end of the semester, he was spending days just sanding it, putting on a I can't remember if it says wax or gloss, but very much how you see in that scene and how he's gone from really not caring to perfecting his art. And, you know, as you see in a scene, I think they're obviously showing it as the same as the meth. He's gone from nothing to almost as good as Heisenberg's level. and But yet he says that he ends up trading this perfect box that he ends up being really proud of for an ounce of weed, and he seems really low about it. I think that's the same here. He, he The fruits of his labor, you know, he's when he's reached perfection of what he produces, yet with the uncles and, and before with the weed, it just ends up getting traded. Just wanted to know what you guys thought about that, and thank you very much for taking my call. So thanks, and look forward to listening to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, last time uh, Jesse was pissed off at life and, you know, made to feel like a loser, he threw himself in his project and, and, you know, made this beautiful box that smelled so good. And then the – I mean, the scene was almost like a virtual reality thing because his body and everything positioned was the same when he snapped out of it. And I kind of feel like this was just his long-term fantasy that – You know, hey, I'm doing something that I really enjoy doing and I'm the best at and and I'm going to get by one step at a time just for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's also, uh, like I said, I think in the instant cast, the the idea that, you know, he's still got to do this for Brock. And so even if he's not in this scene just trying to apply himself, which I think he actually is, uh, even if it weren't for that, he is still using this idea of making these boxes to keep himself going, you know, so Mm. that Brock won't be hurt by the nazis sure thing uh all right let's move on we go to a couple of scenes that we've seen from the flash forward previously with uh walt making bacon uh, or making the 52 with his bacon, <laughs> making, the him bacon. <laughs> making the bacon uh getting the m60 and the ricin and then him in his living room what we didn't see before is him remembering the scene from the pilot with hank asking him about going on the ride along
1: yeah a lot of people wondered what did he mean what did it what did it mean when he's looking at that mirror? And I thought it was clever how they did that kind of fast forward style montage to completely catch us up through what was going on uh, but then they backfilled in that thing that we kind of idly wondered what is you know what's this moment that he's going through and that was it. yeah, I also feel like his hair is one giant continuity error. Because in all the scenes they filmed this season, he's got like Arnold Schwarzenegger, circa Governor of California, hair. Sure, yeah, like the color and the way it looked, and then yeah, it's all the, wiry and all the scenes in Five A, he has this kind of like matted down, greasy, uh, bad bad toupee type of hair. Sure, <laughs> it's like it doesn't it doesn't ruin the enjoyment of the episode. It just was kind of hilarious to see him go back and forth between. The uh, the updo and the, the greasy mat.
0: Yeah, no, it was definitely a pretty bad wig, honestly. <laughs> I mean, all wigs are kind of bad. So, especially when it's uh, high definition, it's easy to tell bad wig. Right,
1: yeah. I'm holding out for stem cell replacement. All myself. right. It's either that or I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to rock the close-cropped hair till I die. Sure, just wear
0: hats, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's move on to the meeting at the grove with uh todd and lydia uh they both show up and little uh known to them walt is actually already there and he goes over and he sits down with them, and he offers to teach todd h- how to cook without methylamine um which lydia agrees to she's like oh yeah todd you should totally learn this um that is until Walt leaves, and then she tells Todd, yeah, we're not working with this guy. Do I really need to explain it to you? And Todd is so dense that he doesn't understand what just happened. She's just well, saying I, that to get him away, get him out of there. Well, and she's also telling him that he needs to kill Walt. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. So
1: she doesn't want to have to explain that. Do you? A couple things here. Uh, this is the second time Walt hid in this episode in Plain Sight. Uh-huh. Um, did you see him in his first appearance, or how many how many cuts did it take for you to notice him?
0: I did. I saw him while we were watching it live. Uh, he was right there at the bar. Pretty, pretty easy right to spot, on. honestly, because he's right next to Lydia in the framing. Right. So unless you're really focused on her, you can spot him. Do you think that Todd and Lydia have anything going? No, no. Todd wants there to be something, but Lydia's not having any of it.
1: Man, how long can she keep that? Because it's been months, man. He's been... (laughs) That's true. He's got a a custom ringtone for this woman. He's clearly smitten. I
0: mean... He has two custom ringtones for this woman.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I I get that Todd is a fucking idiot, but he's apparently the type of fucking idiot that doesn't know when it's time to move on. I guess so. You Uh, have been friend-zoned, buddy. It's time (laughs) time to move on to greener pastures. You're right. I didn't even think that it had been five months yeah, she's since been, he started hitting she, on her. She's been fucking with him for four months. Like, you know, yeah. incredulous. Oh, you don't know what a blouse is. You moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, so this is the, this is where we see a shot of the ricin. Uh, what we know later is the ricin going into Lydia's cup. I actually thought that's, this is one of my few complaints with the episode. I actually thought that this shot right was enough, and and they could have just left it at that without having Walt answer that phone and say, I put ricin in your cup, you're probably having flu-like symptoms, and you'll be dead in a week.
1: Well, I think that they went a little too far and too on the nose at some point. like I don't think I needed to see the inset of the ricin going in and the swirly cam, although that's kind of Breaking Bad's fetish. Uh-huh. And a phone call. Um, I would have exactly. been more comfortable if they skipped the inset and just let us see her. You know, They already did. They did one inset close up of her pouring it in. And then they did the over of the, oh, look at the white death swirling into the coffee. They could have eliminated one of those and have the phone call. But, yeah, it was. That, that's the very small flaw, I thought, that. You know, in a rare case of Vince not trusting the
0: audience. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they've mentioned it, this Stevia thing, so many times throughout this last half of the season Yeah. that I felt like that POV shot was plenty to tell yeah. me what just happened there. Although, and, and, I wonder if, like you said, they use these POV shots all the time to, to just as cool shots, not to say anything about the plot. So I wonder if they were thinking, oh, well, people might not realize that because we use them all the time.
1: Yeah, maybe. I just think that, um, you know, and again, we're, we're hyper. If, uh, all of us listening to this cast are hyper-informed fans, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so we're going to we're gonna catch on little things that probably aren't even there uh, in some cases. But it just seemed to me that that, that was a little bit too, too on the nose. Again, very minor criticism, but... You know, For someone sure. asked me why I wasn't saying the episode is perfect. Well, there's one of the reasons.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, so did you have any problem with the idea that Walt could have known where she was sitting and all that kind of stuff? Because I know a lot of people are kind of giving that as a sticking point as well.
1: Well, again, everything worked out. I mean, it would have been a sh- it, it would it would have been interesting in a different way if he had sat there at the bar all day and she never showed up, but uh-huh. or somebody else believe, sits down. Do I believe? And I, I kind of, I was trying to make that joke in the instant cast, but I don't think I sold it. I did the anti villain I trusted the audience too much that I didn't even th- finish my, my own half-baked idea. But <laughs> my thing was like that Walt spread 10 different packets of rice and throughout the cafe. And there's just one in each little holder And as people were going down there to reach for the uh, stevia, he was going up and, yoink, swiping it from him. (laughs) Um, Being a huge dick. No, I'll take that. Thank you very much. No, I need this stevia. Thank you very much. (laughs) And no, you can't have that one either. Just to cover his bases, but do I believe that Lydia is a creature of habit such that she would continue to do this? Yes, but that's at odds with her paranoid nature as well. So, gotcha. but on balance, I wanted to see Lydia die. So I'm willing to, <laughs> to kind of overlook the just so nature of that plot.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's also like, she does go in there and order the same thing every time. So maybe when it comes to, you know, certain things, she's very paranoid and other things she's not. Well, then
1: obviously that maybe that's just a first time protocol where she doesn't, you know, talk to the person because obviously yeah. at this point in their relationship, they're just sitting across from each other. Uh, Making moony eyes, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them is. (laughs) Uh, All right, so Walt then is, he goes back out into the desert, and he builds this contraption. Uh, He's playing around with his guns and a garage door opener, which I didn't know what he was doing at the time. I I heard you sitting next to me laugh about it like you knew what he was doing, though. Well, see, so I I was thinking, because I I was clearly
1: seeing that this was making a perfect 45-degree firing arc. Okay, and I'm like, well, so he is he going to set this up in the hills of the Nazi compound, and when he's having a meeting with them, he's going to fire that us off so they all have to run for cover, and then he's going to do something else, like you know maybe kill them while they're all running, or you know I I, I didn't suspect that he was going to build that into a James Bond contraption in his trunk, and then yeah, you know blow up the whole the whole bunker, which was cool too, but I, I knew that that. I knew as soon as I saw it working that that machine gun was going on top of that arm.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, He also, in this scene, sees his wedding ring fall out of his shirt, um, which I thought, because it goes right from this to Skylar smoking in her apartment, I thought that just reminded him, oh, yeah, I have to go do this thing, um, and I might as well go do it now.
1: No, it, it, it connected it connected him and us uh, so as the audience to the next scene, and and that kind yeah. of I, it's always good to have that kind of connected tissue in my mind.
0: Sure. Um, so then we do go over to Skylar's apartment where she is chain smoking. I mean, she's not living a happy life here. No, there uh, this she looks this like th- hell too.
1: This whole setup is supposed to look uh, kind of shabby and ran down, right? Like this is they never had the nicest house yeah um, but this seems like as maybe a slight step down from that, and oh, yet, I thought she... it was a pretty big step, oh, really well, it's like I did see but the second and third rewatch. I'm like, you know, this apartment doesn't look that bad it's very, <laughs> it's very neat and clean, and it looks like it's got enough room for everybody to have a bedroom i mean, it's mm-hmm. not like a, a roach infested shithole yeah um, but that might be just you know t v uh uh what was I saying, oh, yeah, she looked very uh, I thought, uh, you know, kind of Robin wright in from uh, Unbreakable, you know, because Robin huh. Wright's a very beautiful woman. Uh, you know, oh, that's right. You haven't seen the fucking Princess Bride. Uh, no. She was uh, Kevin Spacey's wife in House of Cards.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Very beautiful
1: where. woman, but in, in Un- Unbreakable, she was Bruce Willis's wife. She was very just hard and you know, not put together and Anna Gunn did hmm. a very good job looking like a woman's had six months of her life sucked off of her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some hard,
1: hard miles right. uh, <laughs> on those tires that she's, she's uh, had in the last year.
0: For sure. Uh, so he gets, she gets a phone call from Marie who is warning her, Hey, Walt's back in town. So you better watch out, but don't worry. The DEA will not let him get near you because he's not smart enough. He's not a mastermind. And, Little does she know that Walt is standing in the dining room with uh skyler there <laughs> mm-hmm. having having evaded the lookouts at her apartment mm-hmm. another um, and, another hiding in plain sight moment absolutely yeah uh and so he gives her the lottery ticket, which we know is uh marks the grave of Hank and Gomez, and he says that he tells her that that's the case, and he tells her also that she needs to trade this for her freedom mm-hmm. Uh, So make a deal with the DEA and give them the location of their agent. You know, they'll want that.
1: Yeah, he was also uh, that we also learned that he's apparently been using Badger and Skinny Pete to make phone, you know, numerous phone calls and call in appearances for him that he's all over. He's bombing City Hall. He's reading a manifesto at a six o'clock news. He's. It's, it kind of goes a little way sh- that the, they're stretching the police force so thin that he can do something like sneak into Skylar's house un- unannounced. And yeah. shit, if Todd can do it with three, with three of his hillbilly, neo-Nazi, white-powered dickhead friends, I believe Walter White can get into his wife's house undetected.
0: Yeah, I could buy that for sure. Uh, the other thing I can buy is Walt finally admitting, finally... Admitting that he did this all for himself, mm-hmm. uh, that is something that I felt we absolutely needed to hear to give any kind of closure to this story of, of yep. Walt White. Uh, and so I was I was super happy. That's what I've been waiting for this entire half season. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean the the time up in the cabin had given him perspective and absolutely this
0: this is the this is the end. Um. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, th- he says, I did this for me, uh, I was good at it, and I felt alive. And that's exactly what he needed when he got that cancer diagnosis, right? I mean, he felt like he had wasted his life, um, and now he he gets his cancer di- diagnosis, which puts a ticking clock on it. And then he needs to feel alive, so he goes and does something crazy like cooking meth.
1: Yeah, he might uh, have taken that uh, country song, Live Each Day Like You're Dying a Little Too Literally. Uh-huh, um, sure. <laughs> I think that's more like appreciate your friends and family and the time not like start <laughs> a fast criminal empire to so that you feel a little bit alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, and, and I think we saw that as the series progressed, like there is, you know, Walt. I don't think it's true that Walt's always been Heisenberg. He he gave there by degrees, like when he yeah. went to Tuco's hideout and blew it up with the fulminated, uh, it was fulminated Mercury, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, when he got out and he was just like, yeah, yeah, and punching punching the steering wheel, Walter White had never, ever in his life felt that
0: exhilarated by anything. <laughs> That's the thing too. The other comparison here that you can make with Walter White and meth and being a drug addict is his first high, he felt like a million dollars. That that mm-hmm. that fulminated Mercury in Tuco's place, he felt fantastic. Later on, he couldn't get the same high from doing even more extreme things, you know? Uh, He eventually got used to it, and then he became Heisenberg, and he needed Heisenberg to go on. So it was... uh, That's interesting. Right on. Uh, This also felt to me... There's a great moment here between Walt and Skyler when he tells her that he did this all for him. Her reaction to it, uh, I thought, was priceless. I mean, it's just... She had been wanting to hear this as well, right? She, oh, yeah. She, the entire series, it, it was a huge deal in season two where he was just lying to her. Uh-huh. And she knew it. And she was trying to get him to stop it. Yeah. Uh, and he never would. And now he has finally come clean. And you can see that interface, uh, even though it's far too late. I mean, nothing he can say or do is going to change anything that's happened. Uh, but at least she got to hear that, which is his kind of apology to her, right? And again, I thought...
1: I thought the way they handled that was perfect too, because you know she it, if he, he'd have gotten a little bit like if she'd have just reached out or they had hugged, yeah. or if she had even said oh Walt or you know before she's breaking <laughs> down. But the fact that it was like she got her little personal vindication, she weeps for the man that he used to be and what could have been, mm-hmm. but there's too much hurt there to go you know full on tender mode. And and obviously it's it was. I was I was really emotionally moved when he went to uh, say his goodbye to his daughter. I mean, that, that really yeah. got to me as well and obviously got the to Skylar too. So I, I thought For that sure. was a perfect way to handle that.
0: All right. Uh, so, yeah, he says goodbye to his daughter, and then he wants to go say goodbye to his son, uh, which, of course, we know Walter Jr. would just tell him to jump off a bridge if he uh, actually went up and said hi. So he watches from a distance as he comes home.
1: And that that too was perfect. I mean, everybody got the goodbye yeah. they deserved. I mean, Skylar got the truth. Holly didn't have to go through you know seeing her parents one more time in mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some weird ass uncomfortable scene. And Walt, he, Walt was able to say goodbye and and you know look at his son one last time. And yeah. without Walt Jr. having to get upset and and do I mean, that this again. is
0: not all roses for for Walt and Heisenberg here. I mean, he would have liked a better goodbye for all of these people, but. There, it's he's not gonna get it, he's not gonna get it, and they're not gonna get their father back, uh, the man who Walter White was. I mean, there, there are some, I guess, close to happy endings in this episode, but none of his family gets a happy ending. Yeah, that's another thing. I think
1: I think people are way overplaying the happy ending angle. Oh, it's, certainly, it's it's happy as compared to where we were going towards the Granite State. It, exactly, um, And and you were reasonably certain that Skyler and the family are at least safe and they're not going to, you know, Skyler's probably not going to wind up in jail. But, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this later. I mean, God, where the hell does Jesse go from here?
0: Yeah. And, yeah, we will. <laughs>
1: and all these people that were killed and hurt and, you know, and I guess Walt got a little bit of his money. I mean, I, can, I, I see where people are saying that Villigan's and I, and I made the same comment last week. Villigan's trying to have his cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. By saying, Oh, what a terrible man Walter White is but on the other hand he's able to transfer a cool ten million to his kids and he's able to take out the bad guys, he's able to rescue <laughs> Jesse. But again, at what price did he pay? And he could have had all that anyway if he just swallowed
0: his pride and taken Gretchen and Elliot's deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh anyway, so uh Walt goes to visit the uncles and this is kind of the last scene here, but it's a really big portion of the episode um, he tells them that he knows jesse's alive and that he says that their partners jack takes a uh dislike to that and he reveals jesse's state he shows him jesse uh and in that moment walt activates his trap he kills all the nazis except for todd who jesse gets the opportunity to strangle which <laughs> man in the middle of that the entire room lit up with applause. It was just, we could all see it coming too. Like Todd's at the window. Jesse's looking up. It's like, yes, go for it, Jesse, go get him. Yeah. That, uh, reminded me of A.O. one's I am no man, uh,
1: moment in, in the, the return of the King. Um, because it just got such a huge audience reaction. And yeah, I mean, we, if anybody has had a target of hatred for this season, it's been Todd. I mean, yeah. he's such a despicable little fuck, and to have Jesse go, like I said, an cast Slave Leia on him uh, <laughs> felt really, really satisfied. And you, you muscled through this scene pretty fast. Uh, I think – Yeah, I, uh,
0: I didn't want to – I just wanted to get it all out there and okay, say what's okay. happening, and then we could Be- talk
1: about it. Because I think uh, that one of the cruxes of where people had a problem is right here because – I mean, he – Vince tries the lampshade as best as he can, but Walt basically is able to park wherever the hell he wants, and the whole plan rests on him being able to park wherever he wants in the the Nazi's compound. I mean, what if a truck had been parked there? What if this or that? And I think that what I've observed in my years of doing this television job in my own self and in fans is, like, there's there's a point where you snap, and you're like... I – this is a bridge too far. This one issue is broken my suspension of disbelief. And yeah. what happens is it's – you don't just harp on that one thing. Now you go back and look throughout the whole episodes of other things you can call bullshit <laughs> to make you feel better about having that break because – it's a weird emotional thing. You're personally invested in this shit or else why would you watch it? So you're kind of angry that why Why did he do So now you're going to look at ways to justify that. And I can see that in these people's reviews that they start going you know, back and, and start nitpicking every little thing that happened in the episode. Whereas a person who, for whatever reason, the scene didn't break their back, they're like, good God, why is this person nitpicking so damn much? Yeah. Um, but again, I thought it was really cool. Uh, how all that stuff worked out and, um, you know, the, the other thing that I had a little small problem with is uncle Jack's reaction continued to be way
0: out of character. Like, did it, did it really? I mean, he made a big fucking stink about Jesse being a rat and like just wanted to kill him on the spot. So when he when Walt suggests that he may be working with a rat, uh, and he may actually well, be yeah, partners what's with a Well, real
1: accusation is you didn't do what you said
0: you were going to do, which uh, is kill Jesse Pinkman. Is that, or did he just broach the topic with that? Uh, I don't know. Because they were I'm still saying, dragging him away.
1: Uh, I don't know. I guess he did consent to them torturing him to get information out of it. But, again, he said, yeah, I mean, I guess, but... You know, as the scene went on and on and the second, third time I watched it is kind of comical to me. Jack just continued to run his mouth. like, <laughs> Yeah, while well, him a, and he Jesse a, are
0: staring at each other.
1: He used the word partner 50 million times in the span of 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, Does yeah, this look like 50-50 to
0: you? 50-50 <laughs> partner,
1: hard-working partner, soft, supple skin partner, gentle level par- gentle, gentle lover partner. Yeah. Partner, I'm gonna dream about long after he's dead. Partner, I mean, it's just he just went on and on and on, just to give the a little bit of weight to the Jesse Walt laying eyes on each other scene, which is the other yes. sh- falling short of perfection. And there's nothing he could have done about it. Nothing he could have done about it. But but this whole season needed more Jesse, in my opinion. Uh, you might be right about that. I, and the and yeah. the finale, um, the, the that's the the probably the biggest issue. And again. Uh, you know, this this episode is easy. Nine out of 10 for me. The season, 10 out of 10 for me. But I wish there had been a little bit more emotional. They had time to do. I, I think they did great job with what they had. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I don't know how in the world they could have done anything. Any They, they were moving as fast as they could through some of this stuff. But yeah, they said
0: they were they said they were really scrambling to tie up all these ends here and it took sure. a lot of work to get this final episode to play like they wanted it to. Sure. Um uh, and a lot of people uh like you said they're just saying it's too it's too well constructed. It's almost too the plot is too tight. Um mm-hmm. and we we wanted something kind of messier because the show itself has always been kind of a messy thing. Uh, yeah,
1: but they had time to to they always had time to escalate that. I mean Walt's shit yeah. was messy because it was interesting to see how that was going to affect next week and next season. Exactly. Like, and that, you know, that's here's the thing. All... Yeah. Um the, the the one that shows thesis is violence never solves anything. Mm-hmm. So it could be that in in breaking bad reality a week from now, Skyler's in even worse trouble. That, it could be no yeah that I'm, you know, I'm saying that that who and that Jesse's arrested or Jesse's killed himself or Jesse's had a heroin overdose
0: I mean yeah no it's, I, it's, I, we'll talk plenty about that in next okay, week's okay. episode I'm I'm certain we'll just we'll go through the characters and say where do you think they go a year five years from now you know I'm saying it's like, what are they saying? It needs to be messier. They need
1: to plan not to work. They need to plan to be in bigger – they need Walt to be in bigger trouble for next week. There is no fucking next week. He's dying. I know. In, I know. I know. Plan- I'm with you, man. I'm totally with you there. I, I think – Did, did people part- not realize this is scripted entertainment? If he came into a problem uh, – the reason he got into problems before is <laughs> is because the plot required it. So well, they that's not to the only the reason story, he got yeah.
0: into problems before. I think the reason he got into problems before is because Walter White and Heisenberg were not on the same page most of the time. Mm. Uh, the things that Heisenberg was willing to do, Walter White didn't want to do. But mm. but he had to, to you know, to could, to ostensibly protect his family, which we know is not the case. Um, but now he, I felt like this is the episode where uh, – and maybe last week at the cabin, I think, is actually where it happened – Uh, But Heisenberg and Walter White finally, I think, came to terms with what they needed to do. You know, like, we're in this so deep now. Walter White is not going to get his happy ending. He realizes Heisenberg, uh, and to some degree himself, want to be doing this meth thing. And we're kind of, you know, that was their mission, their goal in life at some point. Uh, I feel like that mess always came from the conflict. And there is no more conflict between these two characters.
1: Yeah, and there, again, um, if any of these plans had not worked, the yeah. episode would be stupid. So It would be. Unless it you, would be. You wanted, you wanted a, com- a completely different Breaking Bad uh, finale ending where I guess it's just, you know, Walt takes care of Nazis the first 15 minutes and just him and Jesse locked up in a room working shit out. Okay, but that's not what this episode <laughs> was. And that's really, if you're being honest with yourself, not what this series was about either. This series yeah, yeah. was, you know, it's 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 many, many things, but ultra-realistic it's never been. the only, if, if you think mm-hmm. that, it's only because you're ignorant of the liberties Vince Gilligan has taken with reality. Like, you can't dissolve oh, yeah. a human body in a bathtub with three gallons of acid. It doesn't happen. <laughs>
0: you can't blow up that magnet. Thing might not have worked.
1: Magnet would not. (laughs) That you can't blow up a building with a couple ounces of uh, fulminated mercury. Um, Yep. You know the list goes on and on and on. But we accepted it because it was cool. And in this fictional universe, just like you accept magic in Harry Potter and matter transportation in Star Trek, they did enough to put our suspension of disbelief to sleep. And it's it's puzzling why. You know, and I, but I've, I, you know, I, I, I kind of say like, why do people have this problem? But I've done it myself. I did it with the magnet, like that was a bridge too far for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I did it, you know, last and week the because plane. I felt like they were. Yeah. And the plane. And then last week I felt like they're getting away from that core. And now it's like this ultra gritty, crazy ass thing, you know, just dark noir thing. And I don't feel like that was ever Breaking Bad. So I felt like this. Finale it was incredibly faithful to the overall spirit and tone of Breaking Bad while not morally excusing Walter White and not giving a happy ending. So to me yeah, that's the it key, was there could be a happy as you ending. Can get. Here. Yeah, I
0: I'm with you. I'm no, totally with but, you on that. But,
1: but, but he also gave us as much fan service as we could as we as he could do without making it a complete, you know, bullshit Disney adventure as well.
0: Sure. Uh, So there's one last thing I want to talk about before we uh, finish up the recap here, and that is the look that uh, Walt and Jesse give at the end of this episode right before uh, Jesse drives off in the car uh, after he's talked to Lydia. To me, this was basically Walt saying, like, "Uh, this is it, I'm dead, and I killed everybody who's going to come after you, so you have nothing left to fear. And Jesse kind of saying, I know, and and kind of thanks, but not really. Like, kind of thanks and kind of go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah,
1: I thought the moment... I mean, we have kind of really glossed over the handing over to gun and Walt White saying he wants it done and all this stuff. But that moment I thought was interesting, too, that there's just like kind of like just a nod. like mm-hmm. and, and I called the Marcellus moment wad, or n- nod because, yeah, Jesse... It's almost like he had this realization it's like son of a bitch he saved me again. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm not going to say thank you bitch because uh-huh. I'm also in the situation because of you. Exactly. And you know he had tears in his eyes because they've been through a lot of shit and they've had each other's backs for a long time and this year it all went pear-shaped on them and they uh-huh. they they've still got that you know deep down kind of respect and connection but it would have felt, again, wrong for him to have, like, you know, breakdown in Mr. White's arms like he did on that flop, that disgusting flop house after Jane died. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it just would have felt wrong for them to have that kind of moment. But I thought the moment they did have was, again, perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that totally. All right, that's it for the recap, man. Well, no, uh, wait. I gotta
1: say, we we okay. lost over to Lydia death. I mean, another good reason that Walt had to die in this episode is if he didn't, he would have an uncontrollable nose t- twitch from this point forward in the plot, <laughs> and that just
0: taking on her traits. And and you don't want to
1: see Brian Cranston in red Louis Patons and tidy mm-hmm. Whities. That's no. that's something we don't we we don't want to see. I think we can we can uh, nah. all agree on that. <laughs> um, we also, it's like you know. Again, speaking of fan service, uh, Jesse choking out Todd is one. Mm-hmm. Walt blowing off Uncle uh, um, Uncle Jack's Jack. head yep. in mid bargaining was another. Um, you know, even Devil getting the uh, you know death chair massage was, I thought, kind of like one another kind of gallows humor from Breaking Bad, and also, yeah. Do you think a corpse would get rigor mortis if there was just constantly being massaged the whole time? I mean, that would just keep you—that <laughs> would keep you nice and limber for the coroner, right? <laughs> May it might, it might. I don't know. So again, um, you know, one last time, let's let's give it up to Breaking Bad because, uh, you know, not he he went to look in the the Nazi lab. And as all the co- cops are coming, and he's kind of lovingly touching on the equipment, and they play this song where it's like, he says, My love, did you think that I'd forget or that I'd regret the special love I had for you, my baby blue? He's Vince has been keeping that in his back pocket for six years now.
0: Yeah, it's and a love it just, song to meth.
1: It is a love song to meth. And it, it it actually made me a little choked up the second and third time I watched it. That... Hmm. Um... I don't I, I can't even put my finger on it but it's part of its sadness that this is the last of breaking bad um you know the perfect moment where this is a, 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 a extremely close echo of the crawl space shot I mean they were lying in exactly the same position they're panning out mm-hmm. it was just again the perfect way I think to end the series yeah yeah i I enjoyed it thoroughly and um- uh, do we have a lot of Christ takes? Because I, I uh, we could cover the that ground real quick unless... Uh,
0: not as far as voicemails go, no.
1: Okay. Um, but that's, you know, just to break the ground there. I mean, part of the... Do you agree or disagree that part of the reason he went out and died in the middle of that lab is to literally take Jesse's place as the cook for the Nazis?
0: Yeah, and not just that, but to take credit also for his life's work here. It worked
1: both. It's like he put his signature on it, which... He took all the credit and all the blame, which presumably – again, I don't see how Jesse gets out of this, but but it lets, it lets him
0: get out uh, without having the high profile. Yeah, well, of, I mean he's basically – he's mopped up almost everything that connects Jesse to this. Yeah. I mean anybody who could have incriminated him now is dead, including Hank. Uh, I assume that the Nazis wouldn't have kept that tape around just because uh, it incriminated Todd in the murder of a child. Yeah. So not cool. They probably destroyed that. So I don't. That's a good point. A, aside from Skyler, I don't think there's anybody who can, or anybody or anything who can incriminate Jesse at this point.
1: Yeah, and I actually like that, that. That jogged my memory. Um, I think one of the gambits Walt played here when he told Skyler that he was broke, all of his money's gone, he used it all up. You know, we speculated whether Walt Jr. would be smart enough to connect the Schwartz's generosity <laughs> with his old man. Well, that's a good cover because his mom can say, "Look, Flynn, you're dead." Appeared to me right before he died and he said that he was completely broke and he couldn't give us anything except for uncle hank so take i mean he really did and i feel like as as we watch this there's going to be two things there's going to be more and more people seeing all the different threads coming to a close and also Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i i i'm betting that within a year we'll have some really crazy theories about like this emily nosbaum stuff where it's like well he this you know, Walt really died, when he was moving that barrel of chemicals in eyebrows car wash, and then there's going to be all this like yeah. horseshit detective work, like with screen grabs and and thirty thousand words on some Tumblr site that's going to outline how this is actually some kind of lost type ending, and that Vince was really smarter than we even gave him credit for. Do you agree oh, of with that?
0: Uh, I agree that that will happen. I don't agree in any way that this was anything (laughs) other than the story that was being told on screen. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. But I I just uh, just just brace yourself because it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. This is this show is not a mystery like Lost. Right. I mean, yes, there are clues as to what's going to happen next, um, but that is not the ultimate goal of yeah, the argu- show
1: arguably the only season that was remotely a mystery was season two where they did the you know what the hell's going on the, the bear. hazmat and the bear and you know uh-huh. that's in my mind was a mistake so
0: yeah all right well that's it for the recap uh we have a little bit of pimping to do before we get on to the feedback uh we have uh brandon d who is actually um a- one of our kickstarter backers he runs uh, a dentistry operation, mm-hmm. I guess is what you would call it. I don't know. Uh, how, how, do, how do dentists refer to themselves? Dent- doctors? Doctors? <laughs> doctors of dentistry? Oh, well, we all know that's not true. He's uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not a real doctor. No, uh, so he, uh, Brandon DeVito hey, runs drugs, Brunswick Family Dentistry. Uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I can't do that. That's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, Brandon DeVito runs uh, Brunswick Family Dentistry in North Carolina, Supply, North Carolina, and he actually supported our our Kickstarter at a very generous level, uh, the sponsor level, and this guy is a really cool guy, I got to say, because he actually wrote us back right before this episode, a couple of days before, after we told him, like, okay, you're going to be on the, the season finale, and he said that he was just trying to, you know, support the show, and that he really didn't need much of a shout out and uh and he he's just a big fan and he wants to help us out and i think that's awesome uh i will say if you're in the north carolina area that i looked him up and
1: his practice got perfect five-star reviews on google and in fact one reviewer mentioned that he drives from because this is he's in north carolina right yeah he drives all the way from south carolina and has been doing it for years because he likes us into so much yeah, and I can
0: see why. I mean, he sounds like a very nice, generous person. So, I And mean, dentists, if-
1: dentists are important, man. I take it – I'm 37 years old. Uh, floss your teeth more because <laughs> when you get in your late 30s and your early 40s and you don't take good care of your teeth, you'll regret it. Ooh. And dentists are – I know. I mean, no one likes to go to the dentist, but uh, – you know, it's better than the alternative, which is having your teeth hurt all the fucking time and potentially losing them all. <laughs> the so more t- you
0: know, with a little rainbow over Aaron's yeah, head. I'm I'm, I'm
1: I'm trying to give the do- the good doctors money's worth because I think that's also that the other thing that most dentists are passionate about is like, please, people, please, wash <laughs> your goddamn teeth at yeah. least every other day, if not you know once a week. Just just get in there and 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 keep your gums from receding and keep your bone from getting losing density in your jaw and then we're not just making this shit up this isn't just for owning me we don't we don't want your teeth your, your gums to bleed take care of your fucking teeth people good you idea. we enjoy hurting people
0: no so very good idea yeah so i just wanted to get a, give him a shout out and say that, that was awesome uh despite his not wanting a shout out <laughs> yes so do we have any other pimping to do uh, we got our
1: standard stuff. Uh, okay. You know, Check all of our stuff out at baldmove.com. Please check out our Walking Dead Kickstarter, Watching Dead Kickstarter at TWD, uh, twdkickstarter.baldmove.com. Uh, of course, we've got the personal arrogance. We've got the beer, board games, video games, movies, sports. Speaking of sports, Eric has branched off. He's got a new podcast, Get Off My Running Back, that he debuted three weeks ago. I was a special guest star of the first Uh, uh, week, and he's got a rotating cast of of co-hosts to help him break down NFL action, fantasy football action. Highly entertaining. Check it out. Uh, The Girls to Becaw show, continue to hold it down, uh, talking about women's issues, health, relationships, sex, books, makeup. Uh, They're a must-listen. Up here's downstairs, uh, spinning into the Downton Abbey uh, scene. Uh, I think season four just started airing the BBC, so they started doing a preview of it it's one of my favorite shows check them out leave us positive views on itunes if you haven't done it already it's it's one of the biggest things you can do to help us grow our network uh, monetarily wise beside the kickstarter you can always if you're buying stuff on amazon use our amazon link at amazon.baldmove.com and tell a friend i was amazed that at least half of the people that came to our live event and braved the shitty indiana weather of Indiana of anderson indiana were, fri- were were introduced to our show by friends or family members. And that shocked me because I would have suspected everybody finds organically through iTunes, but no less mm-hmm. than half of the people showed up said, "Oh yeah, my brother got me into this, or my sister or a friend of mine that couldn't make it, but you know, he turned turned me on to your podcast a couple years ago." So it really does help if if you tell a friend about Bald Move, turn them on to quality podcasts. We appreciate everything you guys done this season. Breaking Bad had 10.5 million uh, people watch its finale. Yep. And was, we got more downloads than that every week, which is incredible. It feels <laughs> like it sometimes, and I know, um, you know, we, this is not our full time job. We're super busy, and I don't, I, I don't always keep up on the social media uh, like I'd like to. I try to at least read it all. Um, hopefully, one of these days we'll be able to get more time so I can do that more justice. But I so much appreciate everyone. Sending in notes and contributing to our live threads and, con- and live tweeting with Jim, uh, tweeting with me. It's 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 just. I think Bald Move is one of the p- second proudest thing in my life, other than my son. <laughs> you know uh, what? What? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're not a father, so I'll let you slide on this one, Jim. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's 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 just it's incredible, and you know I gotta say that the-
0: the, yeah, the live event. I have met so many cool people there uh, who have been fans for uh, some of them just as few as, you know, this season, just as, as early as this season. Uh, so it was awesome meeting all those people. And I, I somehow remembered almost everybody's name from that. Uh, and uh, somebody said, uh, I think it was Brad said he's going to hit me up on Twitter. So Brad, hit me up on Twitter. Let's play some board games.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I I don't know. It's just, it's a good feeling to share something that you love with people and uh, share in happiness. And I hope everybody gets to feel that at some point in their lives, that kind of connection. And, uh, again, I thank you. Thank you all. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, all right. I'm going to play some voicemails. Speaking of connection to the audience, do it. Uh, I'm I'm letting people slide a little bit this time with the praise and the dick sucking since it's the last episode of the real season. Uh, so I'm gonna play Poppy's email, uh, Poppy's voicemail. She's from it's, Idaho. It's, it sounds uh. so
1: crude when you say the dick sucking, but that's what we, <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that, what, that's, we, what... That, that's that's what we refer to the uh, the <laughs> preamble that people put on the TV, and it's like it's not disparaging. It's just you gotta understand our self loathing people. Like it's so uncomfortable to accept praise from people and when you're getting it from the inbox it's like it's too much. So yeah, we have okay. to we have to uh, use crude terminology to kind of emotionally separate us from it.
0: Yeah, we make light
1: of it. In fact, I'm taking my uh, headphones off. I can't
0: take it. I can't take it. My headphones are coming off. <laughs> All right, so here's Poppy from Idaho.
2: Hey you guys, this is Poppy calling from Idaho again. I'm calling actually the day before the ultimate S episode. So, I don't know what's gonna happen yet, but I just mostly wanted to call and thank you guys for the excellent job you've done. This show has been a huge huge part of my life, so to speak for the last few years and i um, have you guys to thank for a big part of that you were um it was great having your your comments and your information every week and um i'm i'm uh one of those people who's still a fervent Walt fan. I'm on the Walter White bandwagon. He hasn't slowed it down at all. I know you guys think that's crazy, but I don't miss Hank. I think he was warned, and I just hope he – Walt just goes and kills everybody else. The only person I would miss would be Jesse, but <clears throat> anyway, that's it takes fans like me to keep these shows going. I guess lunatics, but thanks, you guys, and um, look forward to following you on other shows in the future. All right, bye.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Poppy, and it sounds like you got exactly the finale that you wanted. So as did uh, Jim and I. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that, and it's been the listeners to make it because you know if no one was listening to this, if no one's giving us feedback, we would have probably stopped. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, but but you all have kept us chained to this goddamn podcast lab
0: <laughs> for these last three years, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. I just pretend I'm making boxes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. uh Next email. Our uh, next voicemail up is Levi R from Houston, and he's got some. Uh, this is the guy who had some comments about uh, the Marty Robbins Felina lyrics, which uh, I I uh, shortened significantly to take all that stuff out since we already kind of covered it. Uh, but I wanted to let him get his voice on the air. Hey
2: guys, this is Levi R
3: from Houston, and I don't know if I can make it under the wire here, but I had a little comment to make. Uh, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, somebody mentioned that when they heard Selena, they thought of a Marty Robbins song, El Paso. And I just wanted to say I have the same thought, but you're doing a good job, guys. Keep it up, and I can't wait to see the last episode. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: All right. Thanks, uh, Levi. We now move on to James, FC, from Alexandria, uh, Virginia. Hey,
4: Jim and A. Ron. James, FC, from Alexandria, Virginia. Thanks again for a fantastic effort covering Breaking Bad. Uh, it's been great to take with you and appreciate all the hard work. Um, at this point, critics appear to be split on this final episode. And those who had reservations feel basically that Gilligan didn't have the courage of his convictions, allowed Walt to redeem himself in some measure. I personally think this is dead wrong. Uh, redemption, full stop, would mean Walt had done enough. To repay or offset all the evil he had done until this point, and that just isn't possible. Um, My question is, what do you guys make of the criticism that the Villigan had a failure of nerve? Uh, Thanks again, guys,
2: and looking forward to Walking Dead and Mad Men.
0: Uh, So what do you think of the idea that Villigan failed to stick to his guns, show some conviction by not allowing Walt to redeem himself? Well... I mean, honestly,
1: I think there is some merit to that. Um, I think that he didn't stand true to his exact, maybe, karma, uh, retribution. Um, But on the other hand, uh, as a person who likes these characters and didn't want to see the exact, uh, unfailing, logical, uh, uh, you know, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say here the the uh unmerciful uh something like that so someone who didn't really want to see that. I'm glad he pulled his punch at
0: the end and gave us a little bit of um you know feeling of closure uh, yeah, w- without allowing Walt to be a good guy again all of a sudden right right and again i I thought every everyone got
1: closure, but no one was fine and no one was whole, and no one
0: was healthy, Um, and... It felt like the way that Breaking Bad had to end. Because, I mean, there's this narrowing set of good outcomes for everybody as each episode goes along, and eventually that set reaches zero, and I think it happened a long-ass time ago in this show. Uh, And so to suddenly add one to that set and say that there's an out for everybody here where they're going to be happy would be, in my opinion, a bridge too far, so...
1: Um, I will say, though, I think I still think the best episode of the series is going to be Ozymandias. Um, yeah. And I think that would have been more of a critical darling if it ended like that. Uh, I think more fans would have been unsatisfied. Um, but really, the last three or four episodes could have conceivably been a decent ending to Breaking Bad. And it's and it's kind of interesting. I was trying to think of... Um, you know, of, of these different, like it's a choose-your-own-adventure. If you're if you're a Hank fan and you want to, and 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 you want to see Hank succeed, then click off the Breaking Bad <laughs> for series as soon as he claps the cuffs and gets off the phone with Marie. Just fade to black and pretend that's the end.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: If you are. Um, a a person that wanted to see Walt get to his lowest point and have everyone turn his back on him and have high drama, then Ozzy Mandius at the end when he takes off in the cleaners, that's where you want to stop. If you want to really punish Walt and make it go further, then take on Granite State and go down that fucking black cabin hole with him and stop there. But if you want to see a little bit of redemption, a little bit of sugar. <laughs> then go all the way through Felina, and you'll get a little bit of that uh, that sugar mixed in with the bad medicine that uh, Vince was making you take. What? Honestly, a little bit of
0: sugar? What is this show? It's Stevia, man. Artificial sweeteners <laughs> on this thing.
1: A little bit of rice and uh, flake, uh, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of rice and lace Stevia. So... Uh, I think that it's that's a good way to look at it. It's like, if, if who are you rooting for? What were your interests? And you can tailor the experience by what point you stop watching the show. <laughs> you know, like, I love Fiddler yeah. on the Roof. You know, we've talked about my love of show tunes, bizarrely enough. I never can watch past the uh, his daughter's uh, wedding. Like, I, I choose to stop watching that show right when the <laughs> Russian soldiers come in to bust it up. Spoiler alert. Because... To me, that's a very that's a great musical up until then, and then it really goes full on lay Mis on you. So, mm-hmm. um,
0: and I and like I think you can do the same thing Breaking Bad. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to Alex F from Texas for our final voicemail. Here's what he has to say.
4: Hey, it's Alex F from Texas. Um, here's my take. So, Felina, I-, I liked it, but. It's almost like it was um, sort of unintentionally a, a parable or illustration about the hollowness of getting what you want. Because, look, I've been Team Walt all the way because I'm largely a terrible person. Like I know he's a bad guy. I just uh, still kind of wanted him to win in the end. And he pretty much did win. I mean, that was as happy an ending as he could have hoped for under the circumstances. So it's what I wanted, but um, it kind of left me cold, honestly. And I, I kind of think that maybe the ending I wanted is not the ending the show needed. Uh, I feel like in, in most fiction, the endings that uh, really stick with you are the ones that don't neatly conform to um, the the uh, expectations we're conditioned to have about how stories end. You know, the protagonist gets what he wants, the antagonist gets what he deserves, and so on. Uh, that can be really satisfying and fun to, to read that or watch that. But I think that the more meaningful endings are... The ones that are messier and maybe things don't turn out quite like you hoped or expected and that can be frustrating at times the ending of deadwood for example but i think it's ultimately more powerful because it rings true to the general messiness and imperfection of real life and you can connect to it um so my initial reaction to breaking bad is that uh, maybe the ending was a little too simple uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't good it was a perfectly executed version of what it was supposed to be It's just that as much as i wanted walt to win in the end now that he has, I can't help but think the show might have been better with an ending that was less triumphant, you know, maybe more, I guess, uncompromising, like maybe if he died in that cabin in New Hampshire, and then, you know, we'd have found some other way to give Jesse resolution. I don't know, Um, still probably the best final season of any show I've ever seen, and the ending certainly didn't diminish it, Um, I just don't think it took it to the next level either, and kind of when we look back on Breaking Bad... I feel like it's not going to be the ending that sticks with us. It's going to be all the crazy fun shit that happened along the way. Anyway, guys, that's what I thought. Still had fun and it's been real. I'll, uh, see you guys when Mad Men comes back. Bye.
0: All right. So Alex is obviously one of the people who thinks that maybe this wrapped up a little bit too neatly. Um, but I want to go back first to the beginning of his voicemail there where he says, suggests that maybe this is a parable, uh, the idea of, um, the hollowness of getting what you want. And I don't know if it's so much that getting what you want leaves you feeling hollow, but more that there's a sacrifice to everything. Um, Everything you do has a cost to it. Uh, And, and it depends on where your priorities lie. You know, Walt certainly was cooking meth at that point (laughs) Um, uh, over his family, over everything else in his life. Uh, So I don't know that he felt hollow. He just felt like, Maybe he had to trade some things that he would rather have not traded for for the success that he had in the, his meth empire.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, again, I don't think it was a perfect finale. It was a perfect finale season, or as close as you can get. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see more Jesse. I, I was really hopeful that maybe Jesse would be the one that was able to free himself using... Uh, Uncle Jack's dismissal of proper lab uh, safety uh, and Jesse's uh, yeah. looking at Walt and seeing what he's able to whip up with chemicals. But, you know, in the end, it wasn't really Jesse's story. It was Walt's story. Um, and he it was the story of going from Chips to Mr. Scarface. And it was the Breaking Bad – or Mr. Chips to Scarface. And it was the Breaking Bad version of that. Um, he didn't spray – he didn't spray down his his the bad guys with bullets. He built a robot to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, that's one thing everybody probably wants us to talk about: is the idea that Jesse wanted a robot built to get them out of the situation, and 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 he finally
1: yeah. did. He built he built a, a goddamn robot using a battery. <laughs> um, yep. so so I, I feel like that that's what Vince the story he he set out to tell. He told it very well. Um. You know, so many dramas in the modern age, the golden age of television, haven't done a great job wrapping things up. Uh, X Files, uh, Lost, uh, a lot of people had problems with uh, Sopranos. I know a lot of people are saying, I haven't seen it, I'm going to reserve judgment. Uh, Deadwood never got a proper ending. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that it's basically, from what I hear, Friday Night Lights and Breaking Bad, are the only ones that kind of, <laughs> and, and The Shield. Are the only ones yeah. that kind of get universal acclaim for the way they, they wrap things up. So it's tough. It's tough to live up to people's expectations. If you can make, you know, nine point nine out of ten million people feel good about the way things ended, and if, if and importantly, if, if a year from now we're still feeling that way about the series, and I suspect we
0: will be, then you've done how much better of a job can you do? Yeah, totally agree. All right, why don't we dig into some emails?
1: Uh, Richard says he thinks uh, – so. Uh, we talked about Jason Whitlock, right? I, we have talked about him before, he's, yes. He's a sports writer who's lost his goddamn mind about Breaking Bad when last year Chuck Klosterman wrote an article about how Breaking Bad could perhaps be better than The Wire if it sticks to landing. Mm-hmm. And he has been uh, employing his own M60 mounted on the garage door uh, <laughs> ab- ab- about Breaking Bad every fucking Sunday. It's actually gotten a little uh, tiresome. Uh, Richard said, I think Whitlock is upset because he was turned down for the role of Huel. <laughs> I say this as someone who, as of last year, rated The Wire by Breaking Bad, but Whitlock is out of control with his beef. As a fan of the man, and I've been reading, I you know, I he was one of the first sports writers I read. He used to write for Indianapolis Star when I was a teenager. Um, I'm a big fan of his, but his bias is so blind. He's one of those annoying guys that... Everyone that agrees with him is right and a deep thinker and brilliant. And everyone that disagrees is a shallow thinker and making things too simple and taking Uh the okie doke. And it's just, it's such a fucking annoying conceit. But what are you going to do, man? Uh, It's his favorite show. He's got to ride hard against it. Josh P (laughs) says, I want to request, which I realize is a very, very tall order, that you guys do cast for the early episodes that you weren't able to do before you started in season four. I know it would be quite different because we know how the show ends, but I want to hear your analysis for
0: these episodes. What do you think, Jim? You know, it's just 33 podcasts. It's only a little over half a year's worth of work. <laughs> Not a problem. So here's no, I, the thing. I don't, I don't know, man. I would love to continue to talk about the show, but I don't know in what capacity yet. Yeah, I mean,
1: if... If we, and we are always planning and scheming ways to do this, if we're able to ever, ever to do this as a serious full-time or, or even a, a, a majority or a more solid part-time or at least go down to our real jobs part-time, we would love to do all that stuff. Uh-huh. So if we can make it work out, we absolutely will make the rest of Breaking Bad happen. Um, if not, I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see uh, how it goes. Um I think probably the next time we get a significant gap, and we always have like a five or six week gap in the spring. I think we have one coming up in the winter, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting for us to do this, because we've already got the first pilot episode in the can. We've got full coverage of it. And maybe even the second one. Yeah, I think so. So we'd only have five more episodes to do. We could release them and see how they did, because the other thing is, I, while everyone's super excited about Breaking Bad now, I wonder if like a year from now, what the traffic levels would be for podcast and what that would do for, you know, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day for guys doing this on a part-time basis, you gotta, you see what makes, what makes sense for you to cover. So if, if we continue to grow at the rate we are doing and things work out the way we, we want it, then when we would love to expand out the coverage, cause this is, it's your favorite show. It's yeah. my, depending on how Mad Men ends, it's going to be either my second or third favorite show of all times. Um, and I, I agree. I think it w- our format would be awesome because we could just do a straight up uh, talking about the cast and the first section and the spoiler section. We could talk about all the foreshadowing and the ways this informant It'd be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. So I want to make that happen. And hopefully we, we can do that um, before b- before too long. All right, moving on. I forget that this is my... my <laughs> this
0: yeah, is you're my, in control now, man. This, this is
1: my part of the show to move forward. Uh, ben says, supposedly, we're supposed to hate Walter White. At least that's what Villigan says, but he's a goddamn liar. Let's look at the fork in the road that was established way back in episode one of season one. To cook or not to cook, that is the question. Looking back now at both forks, who the fuck wouldn't choose the fork Walter chose? Let's see. Fork A has you die of cancer. You put your family in tremendous debt. Your family has to live in a small-ass apartment forever. Your asshole, racist, homophobic brother-in-law is still living and your former student is locked up in jail. Probably going to be an in and out of prison and prison bubba for his entire life, too. You never, you die never quite feeling alive and you're forgotten instantly. Or you pick B for blue meth. Your family will get $10 million in 10 months. You're going to die anyway. Your asshole brother-in-law is dead. Some dude he worked with that you kind of knew is dead, too. Your name will live on. Your accomplishments will get you a Wikipedia article. Your son hates you, but he's a teenager and will understand why you did it one day. Plus, he's annoying to watch anyway. Your wife will be able to live off the money in a year and can retire. An innocent woman died, but that was Jesse's fault. Plus, Jesse will not be a criminal anymore. The writer should have tried to fix this false choice by not giving Walt cancer in 5B and not having him shot by the gun. The cancer made it so Walt never had to choose what to do in the finale. If you're going to die anyway, your choices are so constrained so as to give you somewhat of an
0: excuse for doing whatever it is you have to do. What do you think about that take, Jim? Uh, so the beginning half of this email, I was under the impression that he was talking about the choice that Walt made at the very beginning of the series. He was. He was. Well, in that case, he had another option, which was to take Elliot and Gretchen's money uh, and give his family the life that he wanted them to have without having his name out there you know maybe not accomplishing what he felt like he wanted to accomplish but true but he still had already providing.
1: he had already gone the meth started down the meth path by that point and he'd already had a taste of that that living so, yeah but if you're
0: talking about choices okay well that's a choice he made what do you think about making Walt's cancer come back this second
1: half of the the last season um robbed him of a real choice because like you said he's gonna die anyway you know it's like jesse said i think in season two where they're talking about maybe walt should sacrifice himself and he's like you know you you got the big c-bomb yo you should uh you got one foot in the grave you should you should
0: like take one for the team right um you know what do you think of that yeah i mean so to a degree he still had a little bit of a choice i mean they were trying to uh say that he could have turned himself in and gotten his kids and Skyler off the hook, you know, um, once they have Heisenberg, they're not going to pursue them. So he could have kind of done something good for them there, but instead, yeah, I mean, he went the other route. I, I don't know that it harmed the end of the show. I mean, I, I just felt like that's a decision Walter White would have made. And the decision we got is the one Heisenberg would have made. I mean, the, I don't know that, at that point, there is a decision because, like you said, he's already had that taste. And not only the taste, but he's already ruined the lives of his family. Um, if you're talking about, like, the cancer coming back and just taking away his choices, yeah, I could see that. I mean, at that point, what does he have to lose by going after the uncles, right? Right. The only thing, other thing he could do is turn himself in, um, but he figured out a way to make it work out either way.
1: Yeah, and so I'm and, and that's exactly right. I mean last week or last month or la, yeah, last week we we're saying, why didn't he turn himself in? Why didn't he turn himself in? why did he spare his family? There's no way he'd get his money. Well, god damn it, Heisenberg found a way. Yeah. So whether you have a problem with that is up to you. But he yeah. there there's an argument to be made that he made the right decision by holding out and, and until an pr- opportunity presented himself.
0: There's also the argument to be made that if his plan hadn't worked out exactly as he planned it, uh, he would have been destroying his family, right like if, if if the uncles had just killed him and buried him out back and nobody ever found his body, nobody found the meth lab, they'd still be pursuing Skyler uh, for as long as they could and trying to pin anything they could on her. That's so true. there's that potential for everything to go wrong. Uh, I, I don't feel like Heisenberg thinks anything will ever go wrong in his plans. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like he's when he's trying to explain to Jesse, it's
1: like, you know, I gave him I gave Brock the exact dose of poison that would make him sick. Don't yeah. you know? It's like, come on, man. That's that's crazy talk. Sure. Um, speaking of people who uh, had the, uh, the the straw that broke the camel's back moment, with their suspension of disbelief. Greg G says, if your entire plan rests on the assumption that no one will inspect your trunk, you're not a criminal mastermind, but a dumbass with plot armor. <laughs> I'm kind of
0: I can get behind that. Because I was yeah, thinking the, the entire is, time, why don't they look in his trunk? But really, because is yeah. that, no one does that in any television or movie show. Is that the guy true? gets
1: the guy. Oh, how many times have we seen a uh, hero pull up and 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 go into the villain's lair? Do they do a full sixty-point inspection of the vehicle? No, they pat him down, they do all that. But no, no one's like, can you pop your trunk? Can I look in your gas tank? Can I shot, Do mm. one of those little funny bomb inspector mirrors underneath your car? Come on, <laughs> man, like. I get what you're saying. They they were pretty suspicious of his
0: person.
1: Oh, sure, because he might have a fucking gun. I don't think they expected a goddamn Terminator to pop out of the trunk and hose it down with 50-cal machines. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Name one television show or movie where the villain has ever searched the trunk of a hero before allowing him access to the main villain. I have a terrible memory. I don't know. I'm just saying that I, I don't have a terrible memory. I watch a shitload of TV and movies. I have never, ever, ever seen that happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on you, Greg, <laughs> although it sounds like I'm doing a hell of a job. I'm just saying that that's, to me, and a lot of people saying that, and I heard Bill Simmons talk about it, I heard Alan Sepinwall and Feinberg talk about it her podcast. I would challenge you to mint the name one time where that's ever happened. Uh, like, if you... I, you know, because, again, who would expect that that's going to happen?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a crazy thing to happen. I actually think it would have been funny if uh, Devil had asked him to pop the hood so he could take a look under that to see the engine he's talking about. Right, <laughs> And then yeah. hadn't asked to see the trunk. That would have been pretty funny.
1: Um, you know, the other thing, I guess, is I would have suspected Walt to build a bomb, you know, a giant, massive, like, ANFO bomb more than the machine gun. But, you know, huh. again... He's like Meth Guyver, uh, and it's cooler to see that the, the homemade Terminator. Uh, moving on to Cole M, I know we'll never know the answer, but what is Jesse supposed to do from here? Is he still a wanted man, one of the country's most wanted criminals. Sidekicks, his lawyer, the only one with the power to give him a truly new start, is somewhere in Nebraska selling cinnamon uh, rolls. What do you think he's going to do? Just drive off and try to do his own disappear? Alaska, bitch. That's what I think. That's what Vince Gilligan thinks, too, on The Talking Bad. He thinks that he'd make his way to Alaska somehow. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. That's the cool thing about a show that leaves a little bit of stuff you know, you don't know. What's going to happen to Skyler? What's going to happen to Walt Jr.? What about Holly? What about um, all these situations? The only one that we know of uh, any certainty is, is Walt and the other people that died. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jesse's been kidnapped by a bunch of murderous thugs for six months and, and forced into slavery and beat and all this other stuff. Uh, I, I can't see him having a rich full life, but you know what? People survive worse mm-hmm. in real life. So maybe he will be able uh, to get away to Alaska and do the whole Wolverine uh, gambit. That's what I'd like to think. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Tumblr user golden nostrils says marie's teapot isn't purple anymore she's not wearing purple maybe it was hank who liked purple and she was just going along with <laughs> the big lug all the time that's that is one of the the most romantic notions i've heard connected to breaking bad
0: <laughs> that hank was the one who liked the purple huh? hank was the one who liked the purple he just bitched about it as cover that you sounds know? like hank that sounds exactly like hank actually yeah,
1: it's like, I don't want anyone to know that I like purple Marie, so you're the one that did all this purple prison shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, all right. That, I like that. Darren said, at the end of the episode, we saw the overhead shot of Walt lying, suffering from a gunshot wound. I was reminded of the final act of taxi driver as we get that overhead pullout of the police officers approaching a recently shot Travis Pickle, One overlap may have been a coincidence, but a few other similarities, both visual and plot-driven, suggest Gilligan was going for something here. The average shot of the police approaching a recently shot Travis slash Walt. The gunshot is a result of Walt slash Travis's attempt to save the younger victim. Um, earlier in, uh, uh, Travis rescued Iris from Sport. Walt rescued Todd, Jesse from Todd and Jack. Earlier in the episode, we see Walt construct a covert delivery system for his firearm. Travis constructs a similar tool to hide the gun up his sleeve. Uh, Lydia gazes down into the tea bubbling with Stevia, just as Travis D- gazes down into his weird Alka-Seltzer brew at the coffee shop. But Darren, one thing we know is that Vince Gilligan loves pop culture, and he loves making these references. Uh, there's so many nods to country, the, the Westerns, so many nods to the Godfather, to Scarface, to Taxi, uh, taxi Driver. Uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've documented quite a few of them and that's only in the, the half of the episodes. So I totally get behind that theory. Yeah. Any, any, any comments from you, Jim? I,
0: nothing to add here. I, I like it.
1: Uh, we already talked about why you left the watch there, Jared. Uh, Brett said his episode really made me think of Lydia and her part of the whole operation. I wonder how she's able to stay off the DEA radar when it was revealed in this episode that she travels to ABQ from Houston every Tuesday morning. I can't imagine a legitimate reason Madrigal would have a logistics director traveling so frequently and regularly, considering her job is tracking and moving shipments. Hank, who was suspicious of Lydia to begin with, would have worked that lead like crazy. I guess it's never been concerned to show, but what has Lydia been doing with her millions? Like Walt, she has to keep up appearances of legitimacy. Does she have a car washer of her own? Finally, knowing that Lydia herself hates loose ends, and knowing that by the episode's end, she has at least 48 hours to live before she succumbs to Ryzen, do you think she could exact some revenge, perhaps having Skylar and the kids killed like she previously wanted?
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea, right? The idea that Lydia's not dead at that point, and that it seemed like, in the hospital with Brock, that they could have done something about the Ryzen, had they known about it early enough? Yeah, there's Uh, no
1: cure for Ryzen, but... I mean, that's the thing where the, the reality of Breaking Bad breaks down. I mean, you can do your own research on Wikipedia to decide how plausible that is. But it's certainly open question of whether she uh, – if she did recover, she
0: would have permanent internal injuries. <laughs> mm. As from and, what I can gather. And the gather. dose is, quite frankly, massive. I mean, yeah. if you assume that most of that stevia packet was ricin or the entire vial that, that he had – that's a huge dose. I mean, he didn't even want you to touch it. You know, yeah, he 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 mentioned,
1: I think, in an earlier season that it was enough to kill three people. Okay, so yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for it to be in your system for a day or two uh, before you get medical attention, and then what is she going to do? Go and say, "I've been poisoned by ricin by Heisenberg." Well, why did you do? I mean, <laughs> maybe her choice is going to a hospital and maybe having like the worst case of Crohn's disease you could ever get in your entire life, the rest of your life, uh-huh. and and having a long painful recovery, and maybe doing that from a, from a prison cell, or just dying. And and I don't, hmm. honestly, I don't think Lydia has her own muscle. She she lucked into all the muscle contact she had with Mike through Gus and the neo Nazis through Walt. So I don't think that she could really. I mean, who's she going to call from her deathbed, really? I think Todd
0: was most of her muscle at that point, right?
1: Jeez, <laughs> the, girl, the uncles. He's got the man muscle for her. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's what I think about that. Anything else? Nope. Daniel Winslow says, I've seen many conspir- comparisons to Breaking Bad uh, of Macbeth, and there are a lot of obvious connections. However, I found one set of characters reminding me of Hamlet. Gretchen and take on the role of, uh, oh, God, Fortinbras, in my mind, as they are royalty and are the ones left to clean up the mess. And at the end of the story, it's their wealth that will have they will have to fight the spread of meth in the southwest. Meth that won't die with Walt and the uncles of Anarchy, and they will have to facilitate the transfer of money to Flynn. Also, they're briefly mentioned at the beginning of the story in season one. It didn't appear until the end, just like the Fortinbras's in most presentations of Hamlet. Man, I haven't seen Hamlet since uh, I was forced to watch the Mel Gibson version in uh, my freshman year of high school. So I'll have to take your word for it. But wow, I remember a lot more of Macbeth because I actually thought that was the better, better story. Yeah, but... we had somebody else
0: write in last week and compare uh, it also to Hamlet. So
1: yeah, we've had a uh, lot of Macbeths and Hamlets flying around. And again, Vince Gilligan knows all that shit, and I'm, I'm not. Would be surprised if he put that a uh, little bit of that flavor in there. Jane in Alabama says, Jesse, in four days out, season two, episode nine, or he can make some kind of robot to get us help, or a homing device, or build a new battery. Then this, uh, I swear, my first thought when we saw Walt out in the desert building a remote controlled ro- gun was a robot, my all time favorite, breaking bad callback. Indeed, Jane. Yep, I don't have much, much to add to that. It's uh, dead on. Brian De La Rosa said, just a thought on Walt getting shot by a machine gun. They showed the bullet holes in the house, and it was level across the board about three to four foot high, and he was clearly underneath that. Even somehow, I buy the fact that he still got hit by the gun, then it would have to hit him from the back, but obviously the wound is from the front. I think you need to put on your Kevin Costner conspiracy hat on and start thinking ricochet. Magic bullets. Yeah. Because, yeah, because to me, well, ain't nothing magic about it. Ricochets are, are real fucking life. <laughs> sure, yeah. I actually, this is a no-joke story. When I was nine years old, I was in my backyard dialing in my scope, uh, my BB gun, and I was shooting my mom's, I'm not fucking making this up. She had uh, metal clothesline posts, and they were perfectly round. And I was shooting it because I could see the little ping that it would make, it, and it was like a little scratch, and I was dialing it in. I shot it once, finally dead straight on. Mm-hmm. I saw that brass BB go out, because you can see BBs. They're not that fast. Yeah. It hit the thing. Ping came right back and hit me an inch below my goddamn eye.
0: <laughs> what? You'll shoot your
1: eye out. What are the odds that that would line up? And and it, it, I shot like a dozen times, but still. Yeah, so, yeah that's insane. That's stuff you got you to gotta worry about and... There's, I could go into some other ballistic stuff, but suffice to say, I didn't have a problem believing, th- with all that lead flying around and, and stuff exploding and whatnot, that something, something crazy like that could happen. Jacob from Rally says, did you notice the symbolism when Walt was mounting the M60 to the automatic death machine trunk? His wedding ring almost got caught in the machinery he was building. He stopped it just in time, though. Huh. Okay. Nice. I didn't get that yeah. facet of the the symbolism, but that's that's a good call. Yeah, Skyler wasn't that lucky, unfortunately. Colleen says, what do you think of Todd was going to say to Walt after shooting when he looked out the window and said, Mr. White, right before Jesse got him? There's a Terminator in your <laughs> trunk? <laughs> there's oh a gu- Mr. White, there's a gun in your trunk? Yeah. Do I really have to explain this to you, Todd? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Jeez Louise, this is going a little bit deeper in Psychopath. I mean, he had no emotional reaction to any of this stuff. Yeah. Oh, well. Jesse got him good. Uh, Edward Martinez says, I have a big problem with Jesse not killing himself when Walt gave him the gun. What reason did he have for living? Was Villigan insinuating that Jesse was an eternal optimist with the flashback of him building that bird, bird house? That's a stash box, son. <laughs> um, What do you
0: think? I, I So... At that point, he looks around him, and the thing that has been holding him captive is all gone. So now he's – he I think he knows he's free at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, like
1: I said, the human spirit a, a, is, a, is a weird thing. Yeah, I, I mean, don't feel
0: like Jesse has ever been beaten completely. So it's like – like, or go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think, you know, he was in a situation he had no hope of getting out of, and once he was shown hope again, it kicked back in.
1: Yeah, and it's like that that psychopath in Cleveland that kept those women in prison as sexual and other slaves for years. Their reaction when they got freed from that wasn't like, oh, thank God we have the chance to blow our heads off. I think it's hard to – I mean, maybe Jesse will kill himself later. I think your immediate reaction to experiencing that freedom after so long of having denied is going to be authentic, almost manic joy. Which is what I think we saw from Jesse there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And and also his mental state kinda up for debate because it was one of those crazy laughs It was also kinda crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like I said, I don't know that it's all sunny smooth sailing for him. Do you got any other thoughts? No, we're good. Barry C., uh, question for Aaron. You were really down on the penultimate episode of Breaking Bad because you thought it was just more gratuitous misery, torture, suffering that didn't need to be there. Again, we now know about the finale, the clever way to get the money to Walt, the happy, kind of ending for the good guys? Have you changed your mind about the penultimate episode? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I do think it was a little bit of a miscalculation by uh, Vince to go that dark. And then pull the fuck yeah Walter White episode right after that, and I think a lot of that's part of the critical reaction you're seeing. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting because I'm I'm sure I'll rewatch the series from scratch, and it'll be interesting to see when I do how I feel about the penultimate episode. But my still reaction is I thought it was a lot of misery for misery's sake. I'm relieved that it didn't end up in the complete horror show that I thought it could be for this, for this finale. And I was, I was nervous about like, Oh God, having, having a miserable gut wrenching episode at a party. That's going to be bad. (laughs) Juju. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you
0: appreciate the penultimate episode anymore, Jim? Uh, so I, I kind of always did appreciate it just for the tone it set. Um, uh, although I am on the same page as you. If we had gone from that episode into an even darker ending for this series, that might have affected my enjoyment of it. Because yeah. I I had a hard time uh, watching that penultimate episode just because it was so dark. Uh, the The low point for Walter White hit. And to go even lower, I don't know if I could have handled it. <laughs> Certainly not with a smile on my face at a live event, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: d- agreed. Steve says, my take on a finale is a little different from what I've initially heard and read. I didn't like the way each major plot line was addressed, but I can't help but feel it would have been better not to have seen... Oh, no, he said, I did like. But I can't help but feel it would have been better not to have seen the flash forward of Walter White getting the gun and Rison. Without knowledge that he had them, there would have been more of a mystery of what he would do upon his return to the ABQ and made that even more intense. I think Villigan tossed a bone to the fans of the show because these two things were used on the most obvious victims, allowing a lot of people to feel good that they sort of figured it out. I had trouble with several things, though. How the police in New Hampshire left the scene so quickly, giving Walt time to drive to the cabin, grab all the money, and ultimately travel all the way to Albuquerque without detection, and Walt spending so much time casually talking with Skyler when you think your house would be surrounded by the DEA and ABQ PD. What do you think, Jim? So, or or, or how,
0: how do you feel after it's all over about the flash forward? The flash forward. That's an interesting topic. So I don't think that the flash forward certainly didn't ruin the, the series finale or anything like that with knowing kind of what he's got in his trunk and where he's going and everything. Um, I think it introduced a different set of questions like a different kind of mystery so instead of the idea of what's he going to come back to abq and do we've got the question of how does he get from there to here how does he get from the man we saw in what what was the meat of season five episode eight to the guy we see rolling into the denny's with the 52 in his bacon uh there was such a stark contrast there that the, the mystery became how's he going to get there Um, So it's a different kind of mystery, and I I don't know that I – I can't say, obviously, because we didn't see the other side of it, which one I would have enjoyed more. Uh, But it didn't detract very much, although I got to say I think I pointed this out last week um, or possibly in an instant cast. I'm not sure, but I I think uh, the flash-forward did kind of – kind of ruined um, the penultimate episode a little bit for me when he's in that shack because I know he's not going to die out there in the woods all alone. I think I said this in one of the other episodes, so I won't go too into depth on it. But but that maybe diminished that scene for me a little bit. Yeah, I mean that
1: was kind of the problem I had with uh, Dave Chin where he was really on about the uh, flash forward a couple episodes ago. About how it's robbing everything of suspense, and my point was exactly what you just made—that it's, it's, it's—you are trading one type of suspense for another. And also, Villigan said that he liked to challenge the writing staff by deliberately painting them in the corner to get their creative juices flowing. So it could be by throwing down that gauntlet and saying, "We're going to throw this crazy ass scenario for the last season, and that's going to be what we're building to." That we that he engineered a better season than he would have got if they just told it conventionally, that that challenge is something the writing room rose to and relished, and that's why the 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 second se- the last season was so good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly the breakneck pace was because of that, right? They knew they had an end point that they had to yeah, get they to. Yeah,
1: they could not dick around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, you just can't know, because we didn't get to see the version that they would have made without that flash forward. So right. I I don't know what else to say about that.
3: Yep.
1: Okay. Um, moving on, Ed from Chicago. Don't you find it ironic that Walt was killed amongst his tools by which he lived his life, but he's also killed by a Terminator trunk gun of his own creation. I could. It could be looked at as if Walt actually got away with deeds, his deeds. The only person who was able to kill or stop Walt was his own gun. You'd even take a wider view and say the cancer would eventually have been the thing to kill him. Cancer made by his own body. No outside force or person could kill the great Walter White. Hmm. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's one of those things where it's like I wonder if Vince likes it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I, I, I don't know, and I don't, I, I don't know that it's important that the creator is entirely consistent with everything. It's you know, at the end, it's like. Uh, Uh, Like uh, Maximus said, are you not entertained by Breaking Bad? (laughs) And I was never not, even when I was disliking some things here and there, I was never not entertained by the show. Um, Steve from Connecticut says, why does Walt kill Lydia? The only reason I can think of is because Skyler had seen her and Lydia has shown a propensity to want to kill off any and all potential information leaks. But other than that, was there an obvious reason I'm missing? I feel like for weeks now we've all been predicting the rice was for Lydia. without really explaining why she was in Walt's crosshairs in the first place.
0: I uh, I would say that it's just to totally mop everything up. Yeah, you know, she's I one of the links back to not only Jesse. Um, actually, he doesn't care much about Jesse at that point. Uh, he's she's one of the links back to Skylar is the real thing. Well, the other thing is I I believe that Walt
1: might have gone to that coffee shop. Not knowing that she'd be there. Like, if she had stayed... If she would have uh, um, kept her nose
0: clean, I guess... I, I don't know, because... I, I mean, he planted the ricin, so... Yeah, he's but... He's got to know she was going to be there. I guess,
1: but... It, I mean, it the only reason it makes sense to kill her is because she was part of the, the Blue operation. And if they had constructed it where... <laughs> He had gone and seen Skylar first, and she had said that, you know, they had threatened to kill her if they talked about that woman. That would have been a more obvious uh, target of, of him. Um, yeah. But the other thing is uh, he needed to get to the uncles and make contact with them. And he, if she was still working with them, he knew she'd be there, and she's also a loose end that he didn't particularly care for ever anyway. I mean, he was ready to kill her until her use to him was no more. Her use to him was no more, and that she turned out to try to kill his wife. So much the better. Yeah. Breisenberg says when Lydia stirred her tainted uh, chamomile tea, I groaned because it's so obvious that the writers to go for, for them to go down this path. However, the phone call between Lydia and Walt made it completely satisfying and saved it for me. Lydia must have had the ricin that day or the day before. Symptoms can last a week before death, and the government has produced an antidote. So there's still time for Lydia to get help. However, she knows that telling her doctor she is poisoned by ricin could set off serious alarm bells. In effect, she is powerless to seek
0: help. help. We talked about that, right? Yeah, I guess we didn't approach it from the angle of Walter kind of rubbing it in. Um, I
1: like that because I'm very much a subscriber of Walt of Mike's this woman deserves to die as much as any man theory. She's <laughs> fair she's as despicable as as any any character gets on 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 uh Yeah, you know, she's like it, she's like the worst version of Heisenberg. I mean, he killed people when he had to mm. and sometimes by accident, but she her first fucking response for anything was we got to snuff these people yeah for sure i i can't die these guys you know 10 people have to die so i can save my own skin Mm -hmm. so anyway um joanne f says she has a quick question what kind of deal could skylar get from a prosecutor for information about hank's grave and jesse is he driving to freedom should we believe the dea is not looking for him marie knows about his involvement in walton meth Uh, there's also jesse's confession tape at the uncle's house right we talked a little, a lot. I think we talked hmm. enough about Jesse. But what do you think about Skylar and what kind of deal she could get?
0: Uh, wow! I honestly have no idea what that information's value is. I mean, I I understand the concept of they would want to find the body of uh, their colleague. Sure, uh-huh. I just don't know what that's worth.
1: Well, if she cooper- She basically says, "My husband just was here." He said all these cryptic things. He gave, he, you know, uh, he gave me this and said it was where Hank was buried. I mean, that would be evidence of her fully cooperating with them. And then when he shows up dead later, yeah, you know. And I, again, you, you you know, cops have a lot of that esprit de corps that Marines and other military people do. They don't like to leave a man behind. So I think. Uh, you know, giving Hank the full honors, his body to full honors that that police officers slain in the line of duty get, and it's impressive. I've mm-hmm. I've I've been personally involved in in, in one of those. Um, I think that means a lot to them, and it does. Ha- having him at buried out in some hole in the desert would not stick well with them. So I think that, um, as crazy as it might sound, that would be a high value
0: bargaining chip. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't want to totally skip over this Marie uh, knowing where Jesse – knowing that Jesse was involved thing because I don't feel like we touched on that. I I said earlier that kind of all the loose ends around Jesse were tied up. Marie's, I guess, a loose end, right? Yes, but does she – I mean, Jesse has been literally
1: gone for six months. Yeah, and does she care after they got Walt? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I don't think so. I think she. I think people will assume that Walt killed Jesse. Honestly, he's been gone for six months, and there's no trace of him. They'll pin the, the super lab, uh, the Nazi lab, rather on on uh, on Walt, not Jesse. So, yeah. I mean, is he off scot-free? Hell no. I mean, he gets stopped by the cops. He, it's it's going to be bad news. Can he get to some remote mountain town in Alaska? You, you know, because it's not like you live your life getting pulled over by cops every goddamn day, right?
0: <laughs> That's totally true. Totally. True. I can go uh, y-
1: as a white male. I can go years at a time without
0: oh, them hassling me. Jesus. It's true. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, the other thing is his gun, his his fingerprints are on that gun that he dropped in the living room. Uh huh. So they will know that Jesse was at least there. Uh, and when they don't find his body there, they're going to wonder what happened to him. But I don't oh, know if that's yeah. enough to go after him.
1: If they dust every gun in, in that place for print. I would
0: assume the one thing, if you're going to dust anything, you would dust guns, right? Mm, I don't know. There's a ton of them. And that's it's, true. That's true. And the case looks
1: pretty open and shut, you know? I don't know. I'm yeah. not an expert at what uh, – and, and and I just know that it's not as CSI as people people want, want to make it out to be. Sure. Um, Allison from Maryland said, I noticed a theme of three during the gas station scene. Walt's license plate had multiple threes. He stopped at pump three and he put three quarters into the payphone. It seems like too much to be a coincidence. So what do you think it means? I keep coming back to the three representing his family or what he has left. Skylar Flynn and Holly. I have no idea what to make of the threes. Yeah. I can't think of a better theory. Except for three is one half of an eight. And eight was all over season four. It was in the clouds. It was on the tail number of the plane. It was in Jesse's facial bruise. It was yeah. That must that's got to be what it is. Sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, anybody have any theories? Let us know. Uh, Adam H says, "What struck me today was that Heisenberg won, but Walt lost. Walt was condemned, hated by his family and hated by the public at large. He's never going to be redeemed. But Heisenberg was different. He survived even in death. His name spread around the nation, perhaps the world." He defeated the Nazis and cemented his legacy. We saw victory even in defeat, and that was a nice way to end the series that few stories could attempt.
0: I like it. Uh, my question now, looking back on the uh, kind of advertising campaign that led up to this half of the season, what do you think of Remember My Name as a slogan?
1: Strong. And Ozymandias stuff is even better. I mean yeah. – That I was kind of, I remember us both thinking, yeah, you know, I don't know about this. Him, you know, reading Mm -hmm. his poem over the South American Southwest. But I shut my fucking mouth when we finally got to Ozymandias. Um, Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant foreshadowing. Just, I just love the confidence in which they told this story. Sure. Um, Adam C. said, how do Walt know where to find Badger and Skinny Pete? Why don't Skyler and Walt Jr. live with Marie? I guess we should maybe consider this. How do Walt know where to find Badger and Skinny Pete? I really don't know. I don't know. I don't particularly care.
0: It seems like something that he would be able to do, you know? I guess. I mean, he's got to have some kind of connection to them during this whole meth operation, right? So the idea that he's kept their phone numbers or something is not beyond him. Yeah, or he's had it memorized. Um, You know, maybe threw up a badger symbol
1: into yeah. the, the, the sky and they yeah. do the converge. Um, <laughs> because I will forgive a hell of a lot to get a surprise appearance of Badger and Skinny P in the finale. Yep. Uh, why don't Skyler and Walt Jr. live with Marie? Seems like they all could use the support and the money saving. I think the hint in there is when Marie called and said truce. Like, I kind of think that maybe that's the first time they've talked in a long time. Could be. Yeah. They
0: were not friendly the last time we saw them. Well, they were, but then Hank got killed. And I think that up in – Well, yeah. No, I uh, – okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: <laughs> I think Hank getting killed was Marie had to go and lick her wounds for a long time, and I, I am the impression that that's the first time they've made contact since that – since Marie had to drive back to her house and had been ransacked.
0: That makes sense. What was
1: Walt's plan if he survived the shootout and Jesse refused to kill him? Would he have let himself be arrested? I don't know. I Actually, here's my thing. I think he planned to die in the machine gun. I think he planned that machine to kill him. That was a a, a Kevorkian suicide machine. But he he had to save
0: Jesse, who was there.
1: He made a snap decision to save Jesse, and then he had to deal with that consequence. Um, So I don't think that was part of his plan, honestly. And I don't know what would happen if he hadn't bled out. Probably shot himself, because I think he the walter white and the pilot couldn't do it this walter white would have been able to do it hmm. yeah uh why do you think the authorities suck so much at keeping an eye on skyler <laughs> uh it's the keystone cops and the abq man well that and like marie says they're spread very thin right
0: like i you just said earlier. i can't
1: wait to visit albuquerque i'm gonna rent myself an m uh, a 300 chrysler 300 and i'm gonna roll down the highways at 150 miles an hour Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up meth at every corner. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to pick up the t- stacks of $10,000 bills or string the streets. It's It sounds like a criminal wonderland, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to visit. Um, why so casual Carol when it could have easily screwed things up if his plan
0: were to uh, – uh, sh- easily screwed up his plan if he were to be arrested? Well, it obviously he, – he knew he was there for a purpose, and they – like, the only way he was going to get arrested, I think, is randomly. Yeah. Because he's, he's on a timeline here. He says he knows he's doing it tonight. Like, he's out in the middle of the desert most of the day setting up that turret. I, I just don't think he is afraid of that because it's not likely to happen.
1: Um, Alex also made a video last night of a mashup of... Uh... Breaking Bad and uh, the Need for Speed Aaron Paul trailer, <laughs> which is pretty funny, and he's got he had like fifty thousand hits on it, uh, so not not bad going viral there, Alex. I will post Thanks. that in the show notes for tonight. Jonathan C said it's not been mentioned uh, to my knowledge, but I've always viewed the show as a very dark comedy regarding the American healthcare system. Walt goes to the meth business to see if uh, his family is potentially to save his family from ruinous uh, healthcare costs. No. He also sees to his brother in law similarly difficult health care costs via his ill-gotten gains. Was it all a quiet social comment? No, no doubt. I, I saw an interesting, um, <laughs> I saw an interesting comic today where it's like a four-panel comic where it's Walter White going to his doc, uh, going to his doctor and saying like, you know, I can't afford this treatment. I'm gonna have to go cook meth. And it's, it's. I think it was called like, what if uh, Breaking Bad happened in Canada? And the guy's mm-hmm. like, are you Are you an idiot? Your care is all going to be taken care of. Go home and spend what time you have left with your family. And Walt's like, oh, gee
0: whiz. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, that man. still doesn't solve the problem of him leaving his family with nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're uh, not going to hand him a million dollars along with his treatment and say, here, disperse this to your family when you're
1: dead. No, right on. I don't I don't feel like getting into politics when the government's fucking shut down. So I'm just going <laughs> to let
0: that. <laughs> good, good idea.
1: I'm going to let that this this lie. Um, Daniel M. says, Aaron, your instant take. You was, used word perfect six times to describe events in episode. Woo, someone got a stopwatch and is a clicker. Uh, and handling the different characters' story wrap-ups. However, you ended your take by saying it wasn't perfect, but I think taking his entire season as close as you can get. I was satisfied Vince stuck the landing. I'm curious of what would have made it perfect for you uh I'll take the first uh my 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 thing is more Jesse more jesse um, wha- and and a little less tonal whiplash between where Vince was going and where the finale actually went um like I thought Ozymandias was perfect and the granite state was too yeah. far and the pi- and the finale is just right. So if you could even that out for me,
0: that would have made it perfect. Uh what about you, Jim? Uh well I, I don't know about more Jesse making it perfect for me. I think Jesse's storyline kind of stagnated a little bit this this last season. Uh and he he didn't have much to do, which is why we didn't see much of him. Uh what would have made it perfect for me? Uh, wow. I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe not have that flash forward would have helped a little bit in certain very specific areas of the last half of the season. Um, there's not a ton that I, that I really disliked about this last season, which is the problem. Like, okay, maybe it wasn't like, every episode wasn't mind blowing or more mind blowing than the previous one. But you can't expect that every episode was so solid that I didn't have any real complaints about it. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know how to improve something that I felt like I didn't have any sincere complaints about. Right on. Uh, He also wondered how did Walt secure that cannon of
1: rifle used to mow everything down? It seems like a stretch that he knows anyone that could get that for him. Well, that one dude was like a, a, a gray market arms dealer, right? Sure. And yeah. the thing about America, God bless us, is you can. There's, there's, there's no barrier to getting a weapon like that. Um, they are, uh, they're only illegal if they're manufactured after 1984, I believe. Um, huh. So they're getting very expensive. Like, but you can get a gun uh, a, a just like that uh, legally. If you file some paperwork, pay a two hundred dollar tax, wait a couple six three to six months for an ATF to do a background check on you, and pay about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, and the, the truly frightening ammunition costs those things go through. <laughs> um, obviously, if you got a hundred thousand dollars, you can make that happen a lot quicker and less legally. So yeah. I, I don't didn't have a problem with him uh, uh, buying uh, th- that weapon in that way. Uh, finally. He asks, do you think it was a dick move that Walt didn't find out where the rest of the money was stored to get to Jesse? At this point, Jesse has no money and no life to go to, right? Uh, That's kind of true, right? Yeah, but like I said, I mean, it's not like they're okay.
0: No, they're not. And does Jesse even care about the money at that point? Or would he rather just be free of slavery? (laughs) Would
1: would Jesse take the blood money? Yeah, that's a good point. I I think that, yes, there's lots of dick moves involved here, but... They all gestated before this episode began. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I got two more emails. Uh, Rebecca says, regarding Christ metaphor imagery, it's the visual symbolism for martyrdom slash sacrifice that's most recognizable in our culture and easiest to portray. You could have emphasized hubris and downfall instead and used Icarus as your visual reference, but how? Show him standing in front of a painting or statue shot in a way that looks like the wings are his, then... Later, show him flanked by fire that also resembles wings. (laughs) Actually, that sounds kind of cool. Dear Gilligan, hire
0: me as a writer for your next show. There you
1: go. I'd be okay with that. Writer Uh, for hire. Maybe he
0: could have made a snow angel and then like blown something up, and the the fire would have rained down into the angel's wings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angel down over ABQ.
1: Moving on to their final email. Uh, Hugh M. says, during the end of the scene, I believe it was when Walt walked out after his moment with Holly, Skylar slumped slash bowed her head. Bowed her head. She cast a shadow on the wall behind her and it bore a strong resemblance to the silhouette of a hanged woman when i saw that scene i wondered if this foreshadowed skylar's eventual death by her own hand and when i listened to this ins- the insider podcast yesterday the billigan mentioned that an early pitch for final eight episodes include skylar committing suicide jim what do you call foreshadowing that doesn't
0: happen uh sulu's gun sulu's How's gun what you call it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> right on uh, that that's uh, a bad joke sorry <laughs> um
1: yeah, I mean, the Villigan talked about all kinds of fucked up shit that they had planned but never actually oh, did. In this did episode. he ever? Uh, yeah, like it... the original fate of
0: Tuco? Oh, God, that was horrific.
1: Yeah, and that would have been early season one, maybe, or, or late season one, early season two stuff. So,
0: you know. Where do you take Walt from that point? That's like, what that's I'm saying. Thing. You got three he, more seasons, and he's chopping people's legs off bit by bit.
1: Yeah, that shit was jigsaw from the saw. <laughs> Fuck, Scar! You gone past Scarface. You went serial killer. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's and that that some um, and then what happens to Walt Junior in that scenario? Oh,
0: yeah, no thanks.
1: Uh, so yeah, I mean. I think that's their strength of the writer's room, right? They can feel free to throw shit out there and feed off that and get the juices flowing. It's all grist kind of for their mill, mm-hmm. but also they know, you know, we need to keep a consistent tone. We need to tell the story the way we want to tell it. So, uh, that's the last email, but it's not the last podcast and not your last opportunity to get a word in edgewise. We're going to have a final wrapping up podcast next week. Uh, we're going to review Gemini's predictions and have a final tally over who won that uh, very critical battle between us. Uh, we've got some <laughs> listeners lined up already for some crowing. Got three listeners lined up wanting to do some crowing on their correct predictions. Talk about your feelings, your impressions, anything you want to get out about the final season, about Breaking Bad as a series whole. Uh, let us know. And you can send those in at breakinggood at baldmove.com. Um, you can follow what Jim and I are doing on our next projects on facebook.com slash bald move and a Twitter at bald move. Of course, what's up next is the walking dead. Please check out the TWD or kickstarter.baldmove.com link. It'll take you right to a project page. Check it out. And again, look at the video. Jim knocked it out of the park. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's the <laughs> yeah, best thing I, you've ever done. I was pretty done. proud of that one. Best thing you've ever done for bald
0: move in my opinion. Wow. All right. Yeah, you should check that out. Uh, if you don't want to remember the URL, there's a banner up at the top of our homepage. So.
1: Right on. Uh, but that's will be it for, for now. This is the last live or uh, last new coverage of Breaking Bad for us, Jim.
0: Yeah, I'm a little sad. I mean, this is probably my favorite show ever. Well, not even probably. I always qualify with that probably. Fuck that. This is my favorite show ever. <laughs> and to yeah. see it go off the air is sad I, although i can't imagine it going out any better way so i'm also happy at the same time right
1: on uh so i guess we'll see you next week uh next uh, tuesday night uh, to, so send in your feedback and unless you got anything else jim
0: nope that's it uh thanks everybody for listening and until next week i'm jim i'm aaron bye <laughs>